Welcome to episode 34 of the Brand Social Podcast. Today we're talking to Chris and Carly from Beach Bums. Enjoy the show. Mark, I just I just head by the fucking fridge door. <laughs> I move I move what side the handle was on, not the handle, but the hinges as well. Like I swapped the whole door over the other day, yeah. and I've and I it's been a little while since I've been to that fridge, and I just fucking pulled it open. By the, I couldn't work out why I wasn't opening, and then I remembered. But I pulled it with the force as if it wasn't opening. <laughs> I just slammed it right into my own head. Oh, oh it fucking hurt. Do you mean you haven't been to that fridge for a while? Mate, I've got so many fridges in this house. Man of many fridges. Do you ever do it like when you... I think off the top of my head, I've probably only ever done it like twice in my life. But when you like open a door and you Mm -hmm. get to walk through it, but you walk too soon. Yeah. Mate, I do that on a daily basis. Square into the... the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That hurts that. I do that all the time, mate. All the time. Mm. Is that... um? Is that a pair of cowboy boots behind you as well? Where? Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's my that's Joanna's boots. Don't lie. They're the snake in my boots. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they're yours, aren't they? No, that's the pile of uh, that's the pile of stuff that's being sold on. Um, I'd mate, I'd love a pair of cowboy boots. However, it's really expensive. They're, they're proper. Hold on, they're made by arseholes as well. I think. Yeah, they're arseholes boots. Like boots for arseholes. No, that's the name. Let's see if you can see it in the camera. The name of the guy who makes them is Arseholes. Brilliant. <laughs> She's always wanted a pair of them, and she got them, and then she realised. Uh, always wanted she, a pair of arseholes. Yeah, she's like. Imagine, just, imagine having two. Mate, I, I shit, I shit, I shit enough out of one for two people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, that um, should be one of the randoms. Would you like to have two arseholes? Or are you content with just the one? Oh yeah, can you imagine two arseholes <laughs> or two mouths? What would you rather? <laughs> oh god, uh... that's a tough one, isn't it? Hmm. I think I'll go. Well, at for least two... if you had two arseholes, like nobody else could see. It. If you had two mouths, you'd look well weird, wouldn't you? Mm. Depends what line of work you're in. <laughs> Uh, if it's blowjobs, then you'll be fine. Oh, mate, double the money. Yeah. Double the pleasure, double the money. All would love to have two, wouldn't it? Fucking <laughs> <Looking> vegan turds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but hi, Paul. Um, oh. I've had a bit of a rearranging here. I've, I've made, like, several several mistakes, like, technology-wise. Um, so the first I one is you just meant like life oh, and well yeah I mean generally life as well so the first one is um, you know uh, I said the other week that I bought that thing that turns my laptop into a desktop but it turned out I already had a desktop computer have you been hacked by the Chinese government no 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 it's all good I haven't been um, Project Lazarus <laughs> Lazarus or whatever it's you listen to that podcast no fucking good Project Lazarus I think it's called it's really Mate, good I only, I only listen to this podcast do you that's a lie. You listen. You listen to um church show. Yeah, I don't even listen to this and the squeegee one. one. <laughs> well, I listen to this one. I love this one. Um, yeah, and um, I bought that, and I was like, oh, it'd be really clever. I will buy one of those things so you can plug two 
computers into like one set of monitors to save having to keep like, unplugging shit and that. And I was like, yeah. So I got all that, and I was like, oh, that didn't fucking work for some reason. Like the, I had the wrong inputs and outputs. Anyway, I sort of sort of got that working. I thought I was being really clever. So already in a position where I don't need two computers, but I've got them. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'm going to get a, a stand for the monitors. And then I went and bought one. And uh, at no point in the process of me buying the monitor stands did I even think to look on the back of the monitors. And it turns out they're not that type of monitor. You can't even fucking screw anything into the back of them. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, I'm having a right, right mare of a week. Mm. Never mind. I had some something similar to that once. This is very fucking random. But uh so we had a we had a TV in like one of the last flats we lived in, in Bright. And uh I got uh got a targeted ad for uh, do you know you heard of Sonos? Yeah. yeah. Speakers. Yeah, I built my own Sonos. Yeah. Yeah, I sold mine a while ago. I wish I hadn't. Um, but anyway, I bought like a Sonos soundbar. Anyway, it's turned up. I was like, this is amazing. I've set it all up, gone to plug it in. And there's no like optical plug-in on the TV behind. I was like, oh, you're fucking kidding me, aren't you? I've like, I've screwed, I've screwed this Sonos bar into the wall and everything. Like, you know, fucking got it looking proper nice. My TV wasn't fucking compatible. So, so Nick was like, what did you have Nick to do? Was like, well, Nick was like, you got to send it back then, haven't you? Mm. I was like, hmm, I'll send it back tomorrow. I didn't send it back. <laughs> yeah, so do you know still, where I went? I, we... went? I went to I went to Curry's. <laughs> did, you, did you buy a new <laughs> television? A new <laughs> <laughs> That's the right thing to do, mate. I, I'm with, I'm with yeah. you on that. You've got to make the tech work, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. How's um how's your week been anyway? Yeah, it's been all right. I've um I've not done any printing since. Uh, no, I have done printing since the last episode. Uh, but we've spoken, but the listeners don't know I've done some. Yeah, I've I've taken a few days off because I sort of overdid it a bit mm. with that massive order that came through. Um, and I've got so I haven't printed for like five days. Um, but I've taken those days to sort of reassess everything, um, and uh, put some sort of processes in place to make things easier for myself. And then mm. I've got another job, which I'm going to test everything out, everything, all the new shit I've done. I've got another job coming in. Well, I'm printing on Friday. So, yeah, there's, um, that's all, all I've really done. I've done I've done a little bit of rewind stuff, mainly thinking more than anything. I've got some really cool ideas, mainly thinking. Um, yeah, but aside from that, it's been a pretty dry week, really. Not physically, it's been shitting down the rain, but, yeah, mm. mentally dry. About yourself? Uh... Yeah, it's been all right. I've got uh, I've got a new job. Yeah. Have you, when did you start? Uh, sometime in May. I can't remember the exact date. But like you should Mid-May. probably find that out. Yeah, I think it's the <laughs> I, I think it's the fifteenth. If that's a Monday, mm. I think it is. Um, yeah, basically going to be running production for a garment decoration company. They do. They do screen printing, they do embroidery, they do DTF and vinyl and all that. And they want me to go in and just run the production for them, which is pretty cool. Sounds really cool. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with it. Um, I mean, Inky Cow's picking up again. Um, yeah, I think I've spoken to a few people and everyone seems to be getting busy. Hmm. Imagine if all these people that are buying stuff now bought it in January and February when we didn't have any work on. Yeah. Why can't they do that? Hmm. I know, but never mind. I know, never mind. But yeah, so very busy here. 
I've just uh, I've just gone fucking mad with inquiries the last few days. I'm really mad. I've not. And I've actually like, not had any inquiries for a long time. Um, but I can't I've had, work I think out well I've had is. twelve in the last couple of days. Bloody normal. Like, going from nothing to that, I was just like, yeah, it's yeah, weird. it's a fair and amount, isn't one, it? One of two of them have come through already. Um, one of them's a rush job, which is a bit of an arseache, but. Is it um, is it one of those rush jobs where the customer doesn't even realise what they're asking is a rush job? So I get that quite a lot. So I've got light problems. Um, well, I mean, it's for next weekend. And uh, not that's not a deadline. It's not a terrible. It's not a terribly no, no, big. It's not rush, like we it? need it by Friday. Yeah, that's no, not so bad. So it's, it's all right, but it's you know it's still got to ship it to them, so it's got to be shipped a day earlier than if yeah. we were dropping it over or they were picking it up. So. But you know they've paid, they've approved print proofs, so garments ordered. I'll get the. Uh, uh, well, I've already done the bloody artwork. It's uh, it's a two color, but it's like nothing's actually touching, which is really nice. It's like a yeah, it's the old two color, one color sort of thing. I mean, it's not one color, but it's uh, it's on a light. Is it the one you sent me earlier? Yeah, yeah. It's on a light yeah. garment as well. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the, that's why I asked you. It's one of those garments that it's like it's not like like white it's like a mid kind of color isn't it really yeah so i was unsure whether i should be basing it or not yeah i've opted not to um but i mean doing it with high solids um just because that's what i've got most of at the minute um running a bit low on the the old low solid stuff i got a Um, job um my job on friday my job on friday is um uh, black t-shirts, black hoodies with a, a PMS yellow. Um, mm. So it's just a just pot yellow. And uh, the, uh, the guy I'm getting the work for in a minute, and he was like, oh, can you... Um, I said, well, I said, ideally, I'd like to underbase these because it's going on black and it's going to be yellow. And he said, well, can't you just print flash print them? And I was like, but may as well do an underbase. <laughs> it's, it's, mm. it's basically the same amount of work. It's, it's an yeah. extra screen. Well, you know, I know it's so you know it's the same design across the whole lot, uh, one one placement. So it's an extra screen, but in reality, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily be worried about the tees. It's more the fleece. Yeah, yeah, I, I think they need they need underbasing. Yeah, I, I, I can't I can't see it, especially what? yellow as well. Yellow is not the most opaque of mixes. No, yeah, I mean the the yellow I've got's quite good, um, but I, what what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to burn the extra screen anyway and reg it all up and then I'll run one and see how it looks and if it needs yeah, if it needs yeah, it yeah. it's there ready to go if it doesn't like yeah. I've, I've well, invested it's, a little it's, bit it's of time not in it massive pain in the ass to reg no, it, is it? So, no exactly and it's not a it's not such a complicated design that it will be a pain in the ass to to burn an extra screen for it and register it anyway it's it's I could probably register it by eye like it's mm. not it's not a difficult not a difficult thing. I mean, aside from anything else, it's it's relatively circular. So, like you know, as long as you get it centered with a palette, you just got to slide it up and down, and you're in the right place. Yeah, so, yeah. It's um, we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, it's, it's when when I said Ben and the guys in the trade, I said, well, it's because it sort of is the same thing, but sort of isn't the same thing. Hmm. <laughs> it's the it's the same amount of passes. It's just on an extra screen. Yeah, yeah. 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 But we'll see. Today, we'll see. Um, I printed a job. Um, was it a couple of evenings ago? It was only for like was it thirty or forty hoodies, whatever it was. 
and um oh it was on these fucking bellow canvas hoodies i hate bellow canvas stuff so do i i i i've never known a I garment fibrillate as much as it i know i, I, I was <laughs> like what the fuck is going on they looked like they didn't look great mm. if i'm brutally honest but like you know what can you do that is the benefit of plastisol i had a cut weirdly I had a I mean, no no, no. Of these were pl- printed with plastisol oh were they well heat press them yeah. yeah no i tried it and it didn't really make that much of a difference. Work. It just didn't no mm. and i was like i don't really want to crank up the temp because of the polyester content in those hoodies and it was like a few different colors so there was a navy a like a like a foresty green and then a lilac Mm. I was like, I don't want to be putting any more heat on these to encourage any dye migration. No, yeah, that's a bit shit, isn't it? Mm. I so... had some, I had some major shrinkage on some of those Stanley Stella the the crewnecks. Okay. One of one of the designs shrank, and you can tell it was a shrink. I'll dig the, I'll I'll take a picture of it for you later, because the design um, is fairly long and fairly thin. Um, that's what she said. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Innuendo, and um, <laughs> and the first part. What I normally do with hoodies is I'll either run them through the tunnel dryer first, yeah, yeah, yeah. or I'll just load them all up, run them all under the flash, then start printing, and then then load the new lot on, run them under the flash, mm-hmm. and start printing like that. It's a bit slower, but I've sort yeah, of pre-shrunk yeah. them. I mean, and it I depends thought... on the poly content though, as well. That's the yeah. Thing. Well, I was, on, I was on the Stanley Stella stuff. I've I've never done that because they're eighty twenties. Yeah. Well, I've never done it before either on the Stanley Stellas, and I was a bit like, well, I, I ran the first one through, and um, they're fine as long as you don't ever so slightly overflash them. And one of them mm. maybe stayed under for another like three seconds, if that, while I was um faffing around, moving some ink around on the screen, and when I pulled mm. it back round. I laid it back down, and I put, I'd already flooded the screen, so I couldn't see that I was I was out. And then I printed it, and the bottom edge of the design is perfect still. The top edge is an inch lower, so it's it like really? it, it, it shrunk from the yeah, <laughs> shrunk yeah. from the top down. Oh, uh, yeah, not ideal. Well, yeah, they're not they're not cheap garments either. I mean, they were they were the. It? It's the, the, the um, changers. No, it's the crew neck. Uh, what's it called? I say not cheap, they're like 13 and a half quid, I think it was. Uh, oh, not the changes, then. Hold on, I've got hold on, I've got the job sheet here. Yeah, I think roller, the rollers, oh, the roller. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, actually, they're actually really nice. So I've, I've not printed them before, I'm actually really nice. The, the drummers, I don't rate the hoodies, I don't rate very much. No, I had a um, I had a chat with Lewis. My uh, Rollerwise rep, your Rollerwise rep. Yeah, old Lewis. Yeah, how is he? Um, yeah, he's good. He's good. This episode I, um... is sponsored by Lewis. <laughs> yeah, not not <laughs> not the one that begins with R. Because we'll probably get in trouble. If yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I had a chat with him because I was like, I was looking at like garment prices, and I was like, realistically, unless we are using something like Fruit of the Loom. There's nothing that's like really noticeably cheaper. I was like, even like Gildan stuff. And it's like, yeah, I don't ever push Gildan stuff like ever. Mm. And I always try and push people away from it, but sometimes needs must, you know. And like at the end of the day, we're running a business. I'd be stupid to turn down fucking every job that came through the door that was like, we want Gildan. Mm. And it's like, and I've lost clients like when they've come to me for Gildan and I've gone, oh, here's a quote for this, but you know, 
would prefer you to use these garments sort of thing um and some people don't like that but anyway i was like i thought like, there's really not much difference between the gildans and the epi ones in terms of price point like mm. for, for the prices that we're getting with continental and the the prices that we would be getting on gildan from rala um so i was like fuck it i'm gonna call them i'm gonna call lewis and i'll see if see if we can sort something out mm. and he was like yeah yeah i'm sure we can work something out and um yeah, he's given me another call back today. I spoke to him yesterday. And he was like, yeah, I've sorted those prices for you. And I was like expecting like a 5p off or something like that. Um, it's not like another like 50p off the price of a shirt. The fuck? Yeah. I was like, banging? That's, That's mad. Like, yeah. I mean, that actually makes it worth buying cheaper shirts for people now, doesn't it? Exactly. That was mm. the thing. Because I mean, before it was like, you know, we, it, it was only, it worked out to... <laughs> I think it was about 60 or 70p more for an mm. EPO one, which is yeah. like... It's negligible. I know, I know if, you're, if you're buying shitloads... you're shit hundreds of them, yeah. Yeah, but the, the scale you print at, you're, you're not... It's not. It's still not even at hundreds. It's not like yeah, exactly. a shitload of money, is it? Yeah, exactly. So I was like, but, you know, we need we need something more cost-effective because it's like, I know for a fact we have lost clients because they've gone, the garments are too expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, so we've got that now, which is cool. That was a, that was a nice bonus. I've, I've got a bit of a weird nice one. Bonuses. I've got a bit of a weird one because I don't buy any garments anymore because all the, the jobs I'm doing at the moment, like 90% of my work is they provide the garments, but everything's still getting shipped to me. So I'm wondering if I can get away with saying, look, I'm obviously doing this work because it's there's only one person with this address. <laughs> I know I'm not yeah. buying them, but can you put me on the same rate as this guy, please? Or yeah. put it down as yeah. But have you seen um have you been on AS Colour website recently? I have. I was on I was on there today. Did you see this? Um, oh, I can't you can't see it very well. Yeah, I can see it. What is it? Well, it's, it's not yeah, but it's the bit it's the bit on the top left that's the Handy bit. Oh. Can you see what that says? Tear out label? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's the men's basic tea, the 50-51. Um, they've got with a tear out label. Is that the one I don't like? No, the one you like's a staple. What's the basic then? It's the one... Below the because staple, the, the, cla- the classic is that nice heavyweight. The classic's a really nice heavy one, um, but yeah. yeah, they've got a tear out label in it, which I find really interesting. And I'm wondering if they're gonna start going, going there. For? I don't know. Should I have a look? Um, let me just hold on. I've got to close all the porn down. It's all right, I'm, I'm on the site now. Oh, are you? Oh, cool. oh, I'm sitting at a fucking computer. Why don't I just boot up Chrome? Yeah, what an idiot. Men's classic too. Yeah, 5051 is the code. Oh no, I've got five oh two. Oh no, not classic. What did you say? Basic. Basic, sorry, yeah. Yeah, it's got a tear out label. I mean it's still more expensive than the EPO one. Yeah. There's something about the AS colour. I've I've never printed on a t shirt that has a nicer print service than the AS colour, I don't think. Uh the AS colour heavies are dog shit to print on. Mm. I'm not printing on. I actually, I printed on one of their they're heavy. They've got like a re, they they feel really nice, but they've got like a really like wide weave. 
Yeah, that's not what you want. And it's like the ink almost like falls into it. It's it, it just looks really weird. Like it doesn't look right. I, I imagine they'd, they'd look great if uh, saying that I've never tried it, so I'm not sure if it would. But in theory, I think they'd look really great if you did them with like discharge prints. Mm. I tell you what, I did. I made the uh, made the mistake of um of uh thinking the job was only going to take me like an hour and it actually took me three and uh it was the um it was the tote bags that i told you about for that oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and uh, it no the black ink on a white on an off-white tote bag hmm. design the front design the back 50 of them and i was like i busted through the hoodies 25 of the hoodies in about 25 minutes with the black print hmm. so i was like it was piece of piss it's an hour's work isn't it and then I remembered I've not done tote bags for a little while. They're basically ink sponges, mm. <laughs> and it's soaked. And I had to run, I had to run three passes on each one. And because uh, sure. I was because I was running out of like the the lower mesh screens, I just and they were relatively high detail on them as well. I was like, oh, I just bust them through on a seventy-seven. Oh my god, my fucking arms after those three hours. <laughs> it's done in. I was done completely done in. I mean, they look cool. They do look, I think I sent you a picture. I do look at dog's bollocks, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's very unlike me. Normally, I'm pretty really good at going that, yeah, that job will take me about sort of two and a half, three hours, whatever. And I'm normally in the right ballpark because mm. I time everything by how long, you know, before I start getting hungry. And uh, <laughs> completely overshot with that one. Never mind. Oh. We got beach bums today. We do, yeah. Yeah, mm. they're here and waiting. Oh, they, um, they've been waiting long. Uh, about 10 minutes. Oh, just let him in. <laughs> right, Sorry. I did message him. Uh, okay. They we're having a bit of a ramble. Um, yeah. On an air quick wee, and then we'll let him in. Okay. Do it quickly, though. No, I'll, I'll just do it here. Sorry. <laughs> that dirty rotten scoundrels. Won't take my headphones from me. <laughs> Listeners, I'm going to tell you a joke. I'm just going to Google world's funniest joke. Um, world's world's funniest joke um, okay funniest joke ever told you ready I'm just opening it up don't have a very good signal doesn't want to open Um, why did the scarecrow win an award? Because he was outstanding in his field. <laughs> oh, oh, it's a belter. Oh. A pair of cows were talking in the field. One says, have you heard about the mad cow disease that's going around? Yeah, the other cow says. Makes me glad I'm a penguin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, my goodness. You're out there, mate. Oh, I've just told the listeners some jokes. And I and I 
I didn't pre-read one of them before I read the punchline, and it, it caught me by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hilarious! Oh, right. right. Anyway, so yeah, today we've got beach bums. Um, seem like really cool people with a cool brand. Yeah, and an interesting story. So, uh, without further ado, let's not leave them waiting any longer. Hey, man. Hey, guys. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad. You? All good, all good. Sorry to have uh, kept you waiting. We were uh, went off on a bit of a ramp between the two of us. We uh, we do like a little chat before like we let guests in, usually. Uh, Darcy um, talks and I just listen is actually what happens. <laughs> We have, we have listened we have listened to the podcast so we know what the score is with you guys having a chat. Oh, in which oh, case I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. Oh. How's it going? How's it going? Busy, yeah. <laughs> Busy and, and hectic and but but good, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm which which one is Chris and which one is Carly? <laughs> Take a guess. <laughs> So uh, you um you're in your uh is it a pop up you've got? Um, so <clears throat> we have a hut down in Folkestone hut, on the hut, it, Barbara. Yeah. yeah, so that's basically to give you an idea of how that all came about. When Beach Bum, when we started Beach Bums, when was that? October two thousand twenty. Around about October two thousand and twenty is when we decided to start this whole thing as an online business. Um, there's a shit ton of backstory to all of that, but essentially how we ended up in Folkestone was the following year. So so October, we started the online thing, had absolutely no idea about clothing, anything to do with running a clothing brand or an online business. Um, we just decided to give it a shot. Um, we failed miserably at um, all of the online kind of stuff, um, but felt that we definitely had something with it. Um, we knew about this uh, Sunday market thing that would happen down in Folkestone every Sunday. Um, so we'd already kind of been going there and sort of know, knew roughly what the deal is uh, deal was there. And um, around about sort of April 2021, we seriously started to consider doing that, you know. Um, and that's, we actually had a conversation. I know you've had um, Aaron on, on your show from Dickie Smiles. Different podcast. Different Yeah, should we? Maybe you should get that guy on. Okay, that's embarrassing. Write it down, Pat. Write it down. Dickie's what I might not down. Right. Okay, so we met this guy. Um, actually, well, you should don't totally have him on your show. Um, guy's name's Aaron, and he runs a clothing brand called uh, clothing brands called Dickie Smiles, nice. and he has kind of a not a similar concept but but he essentially what he was doing on the on the market stall or stand was very much what I had in mind for what we could do with beach bums in that rather than just having a rail you know with a banner saying the name I thought that we could potentially make a make a space that really reflects the band at uh, the brand um like going into a shop at the end of the day yeah. <clears throat> um, and we had a chat with him and he basically was the, the final 
the final kind of push as it were even though we didn't need much of a push it was just like okay yeah we can definitely fucking do this so that's what we've done we uh, started just doing the sunday market uh, and very quickly one thing led to another and um to get to where kind of we are now with the hut essentially the folks in the harbour arm they didn't want to do the, just the sunday market anymore um there was a lot of um planning and like work involved with managing so many different people um on that sunday and all different types of businesses and also like the fact that you could just rock up uh, if you wanted or if like for instance the weather wasn't that good you could just bail out last minute so from like a from their perspective as running it as a business it just wasn't very practical um and there are a couple of other places that kind of like locally to us or um there's a place in whitstable which is again like half an hour away from where we live which had like a more structured marketplace in situ um with these like pop-up sheds effectively so i think basically without being involved in how they come about you know the idea of placing the the sheds in there for local businesses i think they pretty much borrowed that concept from from whitstable and um implemented it in folkestone and that's where that's where basically we went from doing those sunday markets to well that's not happening anymore that's not happening anymore um we want to continue on this you know what we've started so let's let's throw ourselves in at the deep end and take on one of these huts um and awesome. that was so you, in, are you in there like full time now then no so basically when they started that in april 2021 it that was the idea that they were going to have these huts that were going to be open just like you know a retail space like in in mm. a town you know in a town center but unfortunately the concept didn't really work there wasn't enough footfall during the week to right. to warrant having it uh, and plus a lot of the traders that were doing the sunday market again because you had so many different types of people so many different types of businesses the uh you know not everyone's in a position to take their like side hustle or their sunday market stand into like that full-time environment so mm. yeah they gave it a go but essentially or we gave it a go uh, along with like four or five other, other guinea pigs people that were in a position to give it a go but as i say it didn't work but on the on the weekends and the bank holidays it, it did work you know and um then they went on to to doing the Christmas market in the in 2021, um, which again we we signed up to do that, which was really good. Uh, and then you know it's it, obviously the, the area shuts for the for the the winter season. There's a lot of like um, bars and restaurants and everything in in that same area, and some of those stay open, don't they? Yeah, this year they've opened up the food bit for like the winter as well. Yeah, so effectively there's been like a whole more 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 of a push to get like a more full season out of the out of the restaurants and out of the bars because a lot of them are open i say longer hours for longer and the market has gone from having uh, five or six um continual traders to now having 30 of these sheds um mm. before it was 20 before it's 20 they didn't have enough traders to fill that uh, then they done the, as I say, the Christmas market, which really give gave the area a boost. Lots of people gave that a go, and obviously it went well for them. So they, so lots of other people then signed up to do the season. But at the moment, it is just literally Saturday, Sunday, 
and any bank holidays um, that obviously, you know, throughout the course of the year. So that's, you know, really in short how we've ended up being there. And, and that's kind of our hub now, you know, we've made, yeah. uh, uh, we've, we've put our roots down in Folkestone for all of those, for all of that kind of um, footwork really, you know. It's nice that you've done that. Most of the guests we have on would love to have a physical location for selling. Um, and you've, you've more or less gone straight there. I know you said you did a bit of online, but you've obviously realised that wasn't working and jumped straight into a physical space, um, which I think is, I think is the way forward, if I'm honest. I think pe people like to go out and have a bit of fun and experience and buy something cool and have a chat to someone. I think in the right in the right places, it definitely mm. works. Mm. Um, it's I, and I do I do feel like it is slowly tipping back to that. I do feel like people have kind of got fed up with just all of the kind of generic shops, or well, they have because most of them are gone now. Anyway, you go down mm. high street, and mm. most high streets have been dead. You know, uh, in terms of like you know, we went to Canterbury, which again is like uh, twenty minutes from us. We went at, at the beginning of the week. Mm. And there's no, living Canterbury. Like... Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, when I was a student, I lived there. Yeah, when I was studying, yeah. when I when I thought I knew what I wanted to do in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, Canterbury, Canterbury, again, like when we, when we were growing up, Canterbury was always like a really bustling, lively place. Um, it's so pretty... weird now, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of lost there. all. Yeah, it's kind of lost all of that kind of feeling about it. But again, we were saying there's, there's nowhere like I wanted to get a pair of jeans and because I've got stupidly short legs, I find it really hard <laughs> to get a nice, <laughs> a nice pair of fitted jeans. And literally, there's nowhere to go anymore. Like We went in a handful of shops and yeah, there, there's, there's nothing there. And I think that's but because like obviously the internet's gone absolutely mad with all, with everything that you could possibly think of to buy online. Mm. You know, obviously there was a massive, massive, massive push in all of that. It's killed off loads and loads of shops, but I think now slowly, 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 it's, it's coming back around to people actually wanting to have that buyer's experience again. Um, and I think this is, I think it's quite good for like people like us and people that have got their own independent brands because it is that it's that you know you're not going to find beach bum stuff anywhere else other than like the events that we're doing or if you come to our hut so it is straight away people kind of connect to that because it's like oh it's some you know it's cool only i sort of know about this you know so it's, it's almost like when you find out about a band that no one mm. else kind of really knows about you, you for a while you you just kind of want to keep that band to yourself and then yeah. eventually everyone knows about them but I feel like there's some kind of similarity with, yeah. I think you, 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 there's a bit of probably more judgment than luck with this as well. But Folkestone as well is becoming quite a cool place, isn't it? It's sort of done a, oh. it, it done a bit of, it did a bit of a 180, and it sort of it was a, not. I don't want to say a bit of a dive because it's a cool place, but it, it's like gone really back the it, other way now, isn't it? It 100% was a complete dive. And then... <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Folkestone Council. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when, I, when again, when we were growing up, it was always like, oh, why would you, you know, why, I mean, aside from going to the beach when we were like proper young kids and whatnot, as you got older, it was like, well, you know, you'd probably go to Canterbury. If you're going on a night out, you'd probably go to Canterbury, mm. maybe even Maybe or something. Folkestone was never really on the radar. 
And like you say, over the last, I don't know, I mean, yeah, it's been a long, it's been a long slog. I don't, I don't even know the full history of it all, but it's certainly been over the last 10 years, at least, that there's been this huge, huge push to, like you say, completely change the perception of Folkestone. But even over the last two years, it's gone even further, you know, because again, when we first got involved with Folkestone, it was some, it was like a completely different bunch of people that was running the Harbour Arm. And I don't, again, I don't know the backstory to it, but essentially when we, when we started to get really serious about what we were thinking about doing in Folkestone, the whole like management and way that they were, yeah, essentially operating the Harbour Arm completely changed. And this is where it's really ramped up this, this uh, like you say, um, effort to really put folks on the map. I feel like it's been um, exaggerated massively in the last, as I say, year, two years. Cool. I've got, I've got a, a really very, very important question for you. Um, it's probably the most important question of the, of the entire podcast. Okay. Was that, was, that, was that a dog you had just there? And where has it gone? well tell him he's not going to come on the podcast any week he wants everyone comes into the shop and it's like it's bronx here yeah we'll, we'll get him on with aaron from dicky smiles <laughs> we um we always joke in the hut and we're like, we should, we should actually just charge people to pet Bronx because we might yeah. probably make more. <laughs> nice. I always, I, I have a dog at work and I, I call him the, he's my public, public liaison officer because people come in specifically to see him. And if anyone comes in the office and they've you, got the arm. You mean, you mean poor Blick. Yeah. Po- oh, poor Blick is so good. <laughs> public relations officer. Yeah. If anyone comes in, they've got the ump. He sits right by the door and he sits waiting for people to come in. And when the second they come in, a paw comes out and he taps them on the back as to say, love me. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, very yeah. hard for them to be angry uh, after that. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless oh, you. Oh, so we t- love so Bronx. Tell us a little bit about like Beach Bums then. What's kind of like, what's your style? What was the kind of inspiration bit behind actually launching a, a clothing brand? I know you've talked about like the, the heart and all that, but where did like the idea come from? Um. So, uh, basically, go, I feel like this is a fairly long story. Um, no, we got time. Yeah. <laughs> we've we'll, booked we'll you in until midnight, so it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I could probably speak to it about it until then. But, um, yeah, so when uh, so me and Carly have been together for a, a very long time, and, we, and I used to play in a band, uh, like a pretty serious band. So... And, and uh, whilst pursuing a career in music, I also um, worked full time in being a landscaper. And because of that, the year, like sort of like your yearly schedule would be so hectic with everything that was going on with the band and all of the projects that um, sort of I was working on with the, with the, the landscaping industry that sort of come winter time like you know december january february time you're basically at burnout like you've been working mm. flat out all year round you know i was um touring with the band recording writing music uh full on uh you know holding down a full-time physical job 
uh, you're working outdoor, you know, and I was working outdoors in all weathers and yeah, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, bloody hard graft. And as I say, by the time that the winter rolls around, you're just ready for like a bit of a break. So one Christmas I bought, uh, I thought, well, I'll treat Carly. We'll go away. We'll go away for a long weekend. And I bought like a, I didn't know anything about, I, I mean, obviously I knew Spain, but I didn't know anything about where we were going. It was just a, a super cheap deal. And I thought that'd be super nice because as I say, spend a lot of time away from home, been working ridiculous amounts of time throughout the year. We'll just get some nice downtime together. So one Christmas, I bought this long weekend trip to Spain. And uh, so bearing in mind, like, obviously, you're leaving the... Um, and it was literally, like, obviously, gave Carly the card with where we were going on, on Christmas Day and whatnot. And it was, like, a few days later, and we were going to go to Spain for, for a long weekend. So you leave the UK and it's miserable, cold, rain, you know, usual UK weather. And uh, we fly down to Malaga, the southern southern area of Spain on the Costa del Sol. And we arrived and we we're like, OK, so like, is the weather like this all the time? Like, it was beautiful. Like the resort or the, the town that we stayed is a, is a place called Bemel Madna. Um, as I say, on the Costa del Sol there, and they have something like 320 day, days of sunshine a year. So we clocked it just right. We got we got down there. The resort's really quiet that time of year, so you don't get all like the English yobos down down there, you know, sitting, um, you know, with their beer, beer bellies out and basking in the in the sun all day long. I'm a changed man. I don't it's do just that anymore. Really <laughs> yeah well i've got i've got i've got no hair so you know I'll, i can fit in with that crowd just fine a sun cream then <laughs> so anyway we go we go down to the we go we, we have this amazing three or four day break and come back feeling like super re rejuvenated had a lovely time we're just like what the heck you know sort of like what the hell i, I wasn't expecting that sort of thing and this becomes like a reoccurring thing each year. You know, we, we was like, we'd really like to do that again, you know, and, and uh, hopefully the weather's good. You know, at that time we didn't, we were, so, we were kids, you know, we didn't really know anything about going abroad or, you know, it was just, I'd rather spend money on, on doing, like having experiences than giving like yeah. physical present. Yeah. So we done that. And as I say, it became like a yearly thing. But when we were super young, we would go there We'd love it, we'd, but we'd only stay in that town because we were just like, we didn't know any Spanish. We, you know, we were just very much like Brits abroad, went to the same restaurant, every, like the most cliche type of couple you could be, you know, going there. And as the years progressed and we, you know, continually looked forward to that break and that escape down there, we started to get a bit of confidence and it was like, we never we've said about this loads of times to our friends and family friends and family and stuff we never ever um expected to be that couple that go to like the same place year on year but because it was just like a long weekend thing we didn't feel like you know we never went there like a, you know for a two-week holiday in summer you know as our summer holiday or whatever it was only ever like over the winter for a long weekend as I say, as time progressed and we fell more and more in love with going, going to this place and, we, and our confidence grew and our curiosity grew about, you know, the Spanish culture and 
the food and and you know wanting to wanted to explore and, and experience that more that's when like it was like oh um yeah we really like this place like uh perhaps we could live here one day and you know every time we went and eventually it, it didn't just become like a winter thing we did eventually start going again for like a long weekend in maybe march or april um and this has been we've been going there for like what 10 years so this had been like a 10 or 12 year thing or has been a 10 or 12 year thing and probably about i don't know six seven years ago it really started to you know ramp up in that we really felt like we would like to move to spain and we would often call each other beach bums you know when we went on these uh trips all we would do is just hang out at the beach you know go to different bars and like during the sunsets or go for a swim in the sea and just generally enjoy that whole coastal line or coastal area and as I say, we started calling each other beach bums on holiday. And it was like, as the um, pull to move to Spain became more and more and more, it was like, actually this beach bum thing that we call each other, that would be a wicked name for a bar. And, you know, the landscaping thing had carried on, you know, I, I eventually I ended up running my own landscaping business uh, the band finished after sort of like 12 years of pursuing a career in music and in 2020 we said okay and like brexit was on the horizon and everything we were like okay we'd like to move to spain we're like we want to make this beach bums dream a reality um i hate the climate in the uk um i don't you know i i've been doing landscaping now coming into like this will be my 17th year that i've been doing it um say going back 2020 i've been i've still been doing it a long time we just wanted we wanted to change our lives basically and we went through all of the procedures to move to spain to start this dream with beach bums we you have what's you over in spain you have what's called a hysteria who looks after all of like your legalities to essentially emigrate to spain and we'd have to we'd had to have a you know, a number of different, like a, a lot of different work prepared to essentially gain like residency there to start this whole journey there. And it was two weeks prior to basically Brexit being finalized around, like I say, I think I can't, I get mixed up with all the dates, but it was around the beginning of 2020. And she basically turned around to us and said, look, Brexit is literally a couple of weeks away. I have no idea what you guys will be entitled to, will or will not be entitled to if you emigrate to Spain, like essentially if you sign that piece of paper today. I have no idea what's in store for you because obviously up until now, we know we know all of the, the legal system of Spain and how it works with the UK. But beyond that, we have no idea. And at that time, as much as we really, really wanted to move to Spain, I was still very much involved with my landscaping business. Things were good with that, really good with that. Um, and because of that unknown, it, it just felt like, well, how can we gamble everything? Even though it's a dream of ours, how can we gamble everything not knowing where we're going to be, you know, yeah. after, after doing that? And 
so you know we didn't we didn't move we essentially she's the the history has said look you need to go away and think about this is it the right move for you right now like don't forget you can always come back with when we know more about the situation after brexit and then shortly after that then COVID, obviously covid happened so it kind of, and like i was busy with with the landscape business so it kind of just crushed any any um you know, massive desire to then do that just kind of got crushed by the whole thing, by Brexit and by COVID. Can you imagine um, if you had moved out there though, then didn't know if you're going to be able to even live there, and then been COVIDed? Exactly that. You know, and, and we and Carly quite often says about that. Don't yeah, you? we were very lucky, really, that we didn't move. So. Because yeah, we probably would have been fucked, to be honest. Let's um, <laughs> put it lightly. Is that, is, that a is that a technical business term? Yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> but but then again, I often think about that, and I think maybe we should have just done it. You know, maybe we should have just gone fuck it, let's do it. You know, um, but it wasn't to be. It wasn't to be. And then, as I say, COVID happened, and then and then like again, I get mixed up with all the bloody COVID stuff and when we were allowed out and when we weren't and this, that and the other. But essentially, when they started to let us back out, you know, to into bars and things like that, um, we had that really nice summer, didn't we? Or the, there was a period of really nice weather and me and Carly were quite often going, there's a shisha or there was a shisha bar in... Do, uh, do, you, mean, do you mean the summer where it was like 37 plus degrees for like 14 days or something ridiculous like... Because that was horrible. Yeah. I, thought was, I thought it was horrendous. Right. <laughs> <Yeah, no. laughs> that was awful. <laughs> well, it, was like it, it was like it been normally bit, is, but a bit hotter. I had, what, I had to take yeah, I had to take two weeks off work. Like genuinely, I had to take two weeks off work because I couldn't print. Like I'm a I'm a water based printer, so it was like literally heat and like dry oh, air okay. is the enemy. Yeah, and I had like right, all these jobs old, on, and I was just like, I said to France, I was like, I'm really, really sorry. I was like, I just can't fucking print your stuff. And like, <laughs> thankfully, most of them were really understanding. I was like, just didn't think I was <laughs> just sitting on a beach somewhere. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was going to say. That's what you said, <laughs> but really, you were in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I was getting hammered at like midday because it yeah. was like, how else am I going <laughs> to cope with that heat? It's like being in an oven, but you know, they don't need to know that. <laughs> exactly. but yeah so we were we were going to this shisha bar um quite regularly you know on the weekend or whatever just to get out of the house and kind of get back to some form of you know normality and pleasure in in our lives and we were sitting there having a drink and and whatnot and um i was like i really want to do something with this beach runs idea i know like obviously we can't do the bar we had no experience again it's it kind of crazy because we had no experience of doing a bar anyway it's just sort of one of those things you go to you go to spain you see you know all these other um you, you know people that have done it and you know not just people from the uk people from all over the world you know have got have got bars there and whatnot and it just seems like the most idyllic life i know that's not the case because essentially any business comes with massive headaches um and whatnot but uh yeah as i say we had no experience of that so i was like okay i've got some ideas in my head about like artwork like uh, revolving around like where we've been in spain like some of the experiences that we've had there even like just silly things like in Madna in the town that we go to like everywhere that you you walk along the promenade you'll see parakeets like these effectively parrots everywhere so that's like to us that's 
synonymous, is that the right word? It's it's very much integrated into our going there. You know, that's part of it. Oh, look, the paracord's blown up. Same thing with like geckos. You'll see a shed, when you're walking along the promenade, you're kind of, on one side of you, you've got the sea. On the other side, you've got the kind of the rock faces and whatnot. And if you look careful enough, you'll see loads of geckos, you know, dotted around. So again, that, that became like a, a bit of a symbol for us, you know, uh, to our experiences in Spain. So sitting there in the, in the shisha bar, I'm like, Carly, what do you think about using this beach bum's name and maybe putting some designs on some shirts, like on some t-shirts? And we just started talking and, and I was like, well, what, you know, what, what experiences and stuff have you taken away from Spain? that we could potentially throw into the ideas for the designs. And, and that was it. We pretty much came up with four designs on the spot in the bar that day and set about starting up beach bums. And then it's just gone from one thing to the, to the next, you know, since It's that, really interesting since... because um, a, lot, a lot of people that come to me that want stuff printed for their brand, they don't have a backstory like you've got at all. Right. That like they just come to me and go, this looks cool. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want this in a t-shirt. That's what normally happens. Can you can yeah. you print me one and then I'll be really famous and you can print me another thousand sort of thing. Um, <laughs> if, if I had customers coming to me can like you, can you, know, you print me a sample and I'll be back next week. Yeah, thousand. Yeah, can I have a sample? Yeah, that old chestnut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if I think Darcy will probably agree with me. If we had customers that are like you that had an entire backstory like that to print, like to from to have some designs from and to print for, that would be the absolute dream. Yeah. Well, like it just it it I don't know. It could it could sound like a bit um, oh, I don't know. I don't know what the right word to, to say. It was very much a natural thing, you know. It's mm. nothing's been contrived in that in in that sense. It was like we have got this lovely idea, which is essentially inspired from the the favourite part of our lives. You know, mm. Spain to us has become this whole. It's not just about um, you know going there as such it's it really means something to us you know it's it's like our total best part of our lives and we're like it would be so cool to share that with other people in some which way but we don't have the bar we don't have the the beautiful views to to like you know um emulate that in the in the uk or at least where we, we are so like how else can we bring those feelings the um the the kind of landscapes the views the just the general stuff that we enjoy. How can we bring that into this whole beach bums thing that essentially just became a bit of a thing, you know, which was essentially a thing between me and Carly. And like I say, it's just, it is, it's gone from that to where we are now. And I don't quite, we don't quite know how, but that's, that, that is the God's honest truth, you know? <laughs> can you, you talk to us a little bit about like, um, like I guess your, both your roles like within beach bums then what you both do or do you kind of both do a bit of everything or do you specialize in something or you should talk about like the eco side of it and you know being vegan and that was very important to you wasn't it yeah yeah so when we set it up i sort of decided i wanted to do it all like like organic and things um yeah for our roles like i do the the printing um and run the shop mostly do all the stock and that um, and then we both do like social media. So, so you do everything then, is what you're saying. 
Yeah, just pop me out and then make sure everything's all right. No, I mean, Carly's kind of just brushing over that a bit. In, in all honesty, you know, because I've, I've played in the band, which is very much, there's ways that you do, you know, if you, if you're, if you are pursuing a career in music and you, and you're a band which puts out albums and singles and whatnot, there is a business aspect to that. And because we were a DIY band, do it yourself on small and small independent labels, you very much have to, you know, that management kind of role you take on as a band as well, you know, unless you yeah. do get a manager and whatnot. So, and it's very, very similar um, to a, a clothing brand. And like, so my, my, one of my kind of strengths or what I feel is my strength is, is that kind of business and managerial aspect, you know, taking those experiences as to what we've done with the band and then I bring that into my lands, you know, that, those experiences I brought into my landscaping career when I was setting up my landscaping business. Um, and then obviously inevitably into, into beach bums, it's like, how are we going to, uh, you know, manage this and, and present it to people in, in a, you know, as a business. So, but Carly, and, 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 and also the, you know, the thinking of the ideas as to the, you know, how the t-shirts are going to work or how the designs are going to be, um, you know, perceived and whatnot. But Carly was incredibly passionate about making sure, and this isn't to say that I'm not passionate about it. It's just like you say, the two different roles. Carly was very much like, we need, this needs to be something that is aligned with, as I say, you know, being ocean conscious and being earth positive um you know just trying our best not to not to just be like you just said oh we've got some ideas for designs we want to plonk them on some t-shirts and sell them which probably if i was doing this totally by myself right back you know right back at the beginning that's probably what i would have done as a business you know as a businessman how can i get you know cheap t-shirts with the designs on and sell them at a profit and it you know carly was very passionate about that and in over time i you know it's not saying that i'm not passionate about it but I, it wasn't as important to me but it has mm. become important to me over the time because i've actually learned or we've learned i should say but i've learned more so that from doing this people actually really appreciate that and if mm. you know if they're coming into the shop and they feel the quality of the of the material um it's actually a really nice feeling you know it, it's nice to have people come back into the shop or you know if they come and see us at an event or whatnot, and they can noticeably feel uh, and touch and, and, you know, notice that difference and are actually, you know, they're quite passionate about those um, similar similar um, issues too. You know, with the, as I say, everyone's a bit more eco-conscious um, nowadays anyway. Um, it is, so, it is easier you know, now to, to be that way because there are more, I think there are way more options now than there ever have yeah. been like garment wise, yeah. particularly if, if you're buying sort of off prepared garments and things. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's, it, I think that really it comes down to the garment more than anything for being eco-conscious. Once, once you've got the garment yeah. out of the way, the, the print, the print process is the print process. Like it's, there's going to yeah. be, there's going to be waste. Me and Pav can be... sit here all night and argue about what's more eco-friendly water-based <laughs> or plastic. So I've, I've yeah. in, in, in the last couple of years, I have changed my stance slightly and I think they're, they're pretty even, but right. it's like, yeah, it's massively, um uh, inf influenced by the garments for us i mean it's like i think from from like a brand's point of view 
like i think it's it's potentially more difficult like from a business point of view say for instance if we've got a business coming to us and they're looking for i don't know promotional t-shirts at the end of the day they want the most cost effective option because otherwise they're going to be like losing money on it essentially yeah but i think from a brand's point of view it's like and we, we were talking about this before you um came on um so basically we've we've just got some better pricing on on guild and stuff which we never push and we very rarely use but it's kind of like it's a good option to have there as a print shop sort of thing but my point to it was is like there's really not that much of a price difference between like one of the garments we use most which is the epo one from continental clothing and the price we were getting a gildan for so i was just like you know to actually justify using this cheaper stuff like yes. I need a fucking better price, basically. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. you know, from a brand's point of view, I don't think there's really an excuse to like not go down the more conscious route because there's no, so not, many not. options out there and like really, really great garments. Like you know, I mean, yeah, all right. There's some stuff that some brands do that I, I don't know if you can really match up to anything. I mean, I'm thinking of like a Gildan Hammer, for instance, Pav. Mm. Yeah, I can't really think of and anything and, and, that matches any up gild, that any well at that point. Yeah, yeah, and the Gildan long sleeves, like, there's very, very few brands doing that sort of thing. So it's like, you know, I'm looking at it from the sense of like both a print shop owner and a brand owner. It's kind of like I have to yeah, put yeah. two different heads on when I'm when I'm thinking like like that. Like with Downcast, I'd I'd, I'd never use that stuff because it's just I I don't particularly agree with it from a more moral standpoint and kind of yeah. like the whole ethos behind the brand has always been like um you know to do things as eco as possible yeah. not that you know we've never pushed that like you know no, no. in our tagline it, it used to be kind of ink inspired and planet friendly but yeah as kind of the times have moved on and there's so many brands doing it it's like we've just put less of a focus on it and just carried on doing stuff the way we was have done. I think like, the, you know... the, the difference there is, Darcy, that yours, you, the theme of your brand is very different to Beach Buns and Beach Buns, you, yeah. you, you yeah, very yeah, much absolutely. walk the talk, the walk, walk the walk, whichever the walk in the talk in the way you ran it, is, <laughs> it that's what you do. Wank, you do, you do beach wank the tank. Things, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> wank yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I would never really have imagined being a person. Well, I say that. I remember, I remember going on holiday again with my family when I was like super young, and we went to Mallorca. And like my my uh, childhood memory of this beach in, in Mallorca was like the most me- like amazing, um, otherworldly beach that I've ever been to. You know, like the clearest sand, the the, the clearest sea ever. I you know, that was very much cemented in my mind. And as I got older, we went back to that same beach. I wasn't like much older, but enough to realize that, hang on, that place that when we last visited it was like a Mecca. And now we've come here and there's shit everywhere. There's rubbish mm. everywhere. The Like the beach is not the same. And I actually started, and, you know, this is no like, it wasn't like my parents were like, go and clean that up or whatever. I, like my mind was like, I don't want to see this. This is special to me. I don't want to see it like this. And yeah. I started picking up the litter on the on the beach. And like people were giving me all these weird looks when I was, when I was a kid. Like, what's that kid doing? Why is he doing that? Um, so I, and like you know, I'm sure they give you weird looks as an adult as well. Yeah, I've seen it, you know, <laughs> weird, weird looks all the time. Um, <laughs> but you know, I just 
like through through all of the eco ecos for me like with all the eco stuff it's it's just about like with the beach clean it's not it's not necessarily going like yeah i'm an eco warrior you know it's we mm. need to do this you need to do this you need to do what we're doing this it's no, not you're just that. practicing it's, what you preach that's all isn't it i think the times like, have kind of moved on from kind of like people like telling you that you should be doing this and doing that and everything i think people are starting to become a bit more kind of like like just responsible and aware i guess it's like don't throw rubbish on the beach because otherwise you're a prick like you know i mean i, I used to live in brighton and like in the summer down there it's fucking awful like literally like it's so the first flight i had was on the seafront and like if you got like a, a mental hot day it's like everybody comes down from london and stuff like that. you wake up the next morning and it's like you can't even see the fucking pebbles it's just covered in fucking rubbish and disposable barbecues and fucking empty crates of beer and stuff like that. and it's like and all the wankers are fucked off back to london and it's yeah. just like yeah it's just it's the same attitude. yeah that's yeah. the thing oh, i bet Try not to be a fucking dickhead, basically. You know, that that mm. is at the heart of it all. You know, there is so there's so you could talk about, like I say, all the eco problems and you know what we should be doing and th this is wrong and that's wrong and this is exactly wrong. At the heart of it, you know, I'm just or we're just a couple from Kent that when we go to our local beach, we don't want to see it full of shit. And exactly mm. what you're saying, if you've got people coming from from you know from afar and, and they're enjoying it then again, don't be a dick. Just take your stuff, either put it in a bin, like put it in a bag and take it to where the bins are or take it mm. home with you. Don't leave it all over the beach. It's just, it sucks. It fucking mm. sucks. Like, just Well, the don't thing do that it. fucks me off most about it is it's like, so, like, I mean, I say this, like, from living in Brighton and it's like a, the vast majority of people that were heading down to the beach were getting off the train. And it's like, you know, London to Brighton is like a mainline route and everything. So you can imagine most people are coming from that way. It's like, you've bought all that shit with you. Like yeah, you've, yeah. you've done the hard work of carrying it when it's heavy and it's full of fucking beer. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, so for some reason, when it's fucking empty. Yeah, when it's like, empty, apparently fuck? it's disgusting to touch for some oh, reason. I don't, it's yeah. bizarre. <laughs> does my head in. Yeah. So, fucking weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's also there's also a perception issue as well because i i've got an electric skateboard i know i'm one of those people and oh there, there, there's a there's a footpath i ride it on that is it very specifically says uh no bicycles uh no no motor vehicles but i'm i'm like well do i i'm not a bicycle <laughs> like so i do uh, but what, what i learned very quickly was like i'm quite a I'm quite a neat freak with things, and I'll generally like. You I can hate identify rubbish. as a bicycle if you want, Pearl. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, so what I decided to do was I took a, a bin bag and a litter picker with me, and every time I go out on it, I'll either yeah. pick litter on the way there or pick litter yeah. on my route back. And now I'm not yeah. the dickhead. I'm not the dickhead that sneaks up behind people on an electric skateboard. I'm the dickhead that picks up rubbish. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's it, because there is definitely like a dickhead thing with that, isn't it? Like when people, I remember we went down last year, like last summer, same thing. It was the beach was heaving, and we went down there to, you know, it was a really nice evening. So just like want to hang by the beach, the sunset and everything. And he's just like, oh, for fuck's sake, like. And I have the biggest dickhead longboard going. It is the longest longboard <laughs> you have ever seen, and every it's basically a land boat. Yeah, basically, and people always say, well, "That's a long board," you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a doubly long board. 
But yeah, I've got a, a dickhead skateboard as well. So we turned up with that and we're sitting there and I'm just like, I can't, I cannot sit here and just not do nothing about this. So you start picking up the litter and you know, people are looking at you like, what's that dickhead doing? Why is he doing that for? What's he doing that for? And it's, it is changed. Like I say, it's changing that mindset and it's not, it's not mm. so much about, you know, being this eco warrior and like, you're doing that wrong. You shouldn't do that. It's just simply about respecting, you know, where you live or where somebody else lives at the end of the day. Like, I mean, that, that's it. There's always going to be somebody that moans about everything because that's oh. just the nature of human beings. It's like, I mean, you just got to look at like when they bought in like the disposable, like the compostable uh, carrier bags. And yeah. it's like charging 5p for a carrier bag. And actually got people enraged by it, like genuinely like, <laughs> frothing at the mouth anger. So I'm not paying 10p for a carrier bag. I do, like, I do have some sympathy with people like that because there's one thing which I cannot. You know, you know what stand. exists, though, Pav. What? A fucking tote bag. No, I'm not. I'm not doing fucking bags, thousands of them every bloody year. In a in a Just similar in a similar vein, shop. in a similar vein, there is nothing more frustrating in this world uh, than trying to drink a milkshake through a paper straw. <laughs> 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 that is that is without doubt the most oh, so, so one one turtle somewhere got a straw up its nostril and you know now we can't have we can't have plastic straws but bp can dump billions of oil billions of tons of oil into the sea but i can't drink a milkshake without it without the straw collapsing on me disgusting mm. they've got all the, the money though, Pav. hey they've got all the money though bp I don't know. When when it comes to milkshakes, I reckon I could rustle up a few quid. It's funny you say that though about um, the whole straw thing and one, you know, one turtle got one straw off its nose. And it's like <laughs> my dad, bless him, he's like such an old fart. Like he's such an old fart. And you know, obviously the UK is very much we we're supposed to be this like world like front running nation for supposedly everything i think hmm. <laughs> you know the government's always like world lead we're world leading at this world leading at that and like what you were saying there my my dad he, he would say fucking uk uk so like we're like the greenest country ever and you've got like these other humongous countries all around the world doing whatever they want you've got bp as i say pumping like millions upon billions of liters of oil and whatnot into the ocean it's like why is it always us you know why can't we get china on board with doing this stuff you know he it says is... as he kicks a turtle to death yeah that's it yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just fucking it choking a dolphin choking a dolphin that's what that's what pav calls it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well um what's what method do you use for for decorating your 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 garments for beach mums in sorry we use super color so nice. we use the super oh, nice and that all that all ties the super color earlier yeah really impressed with their with their products um yeah like at the end of the day when we again we knew nothing about making clothing you know or how the hell we were going to you know, aside from again being in the band and having some band T-shirts printed and whatnot, but again, never got involved with it. It was it was more so from a business 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 perspective, you know, and having merchandise to sell with with the band. When we started the brand, it was like, okay, well, 
how do we actually, how do you actually create these colorful images on a t-shirt? You know, with, with a band, you have like a low, like, you know, like a standard logo or whatever. It wasn't like creating a full picture on a garment. Um, that was that was a really massive learning curve for us, you know, when, when we started and and learning the difference between direct to garment printing and, you know, and screen printing and heat transfer, you know, effectively, um, you know, using the heat press and things like that. Um, and we found we just found that, you know, I'm, I'd love to do screen print. I would absolutely love to to do screen print for our, for our designs. But it would like we'd have to charge such a ridiculous amount of money um, mm -hmm. for the for the designs that we do. It's not practical. So, again, finding something that aligned with the ethos of the brand and how we could get these colourful images onto the shirts, it made it ticked every box. So it's a, it's a scale thing as well. If you're selling thousands and thousands of t-shirts, then yeah, you can't screen be heat pressing. Yeah, 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 screen print as no. well. And 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 also you you're at a situation where you can have stock that's completely blank sitting there ready when you when yeah. you when you've got the transfers they're already made ready made to go you haven't got to go right you haven't got the risk of having 25 t-shirts printed up that don't sell if you know if you've got a design that doesn't sell Been you just don't heat print don't heat press one of those onto a garment it's as simple as that isn't it you're not losing any you're losing on the transfer but you're not losing on the garment hmm. i think that's that's probably the, the main takeaway point that, that i'd agree with you on pav is that like i mean I'm sitting in here, which is our office slash stock room. And it's like the designs I'm looking at that we've had for probably going on like year and a half, two years, and they just don't shift. But it's like, because obviously like, you know, they didn't cost us much because we print everything in house, but it's still sure. like, you know, it's still just dead stock. Like, sitting on you know, yeah. 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 Which is like I say, when you, when you're doing heat transport, you know, we've got a friend that also uses, um, I don't know anything about it, but I'm sure it's cold press, isn't it? Uh, yeah, target transfer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah, some, of the, so, some of the target stuff is plastisol transfers, I think. Hmm. Right. Um, I, again, I don't know anything. Oh, you know, he's just, um, we're good. We're sort of pretty good friends with a guy, um, Kev, from um, Dub. Basically, it's just Dubware. Um, so it's a VW-based brand. Why oh, does that sound and familiar? I think I follow him. Yeah, he's really good, and he's such a nice guy, and he's very knowledgeable. And um, we really, because we met him at a few events, we really struck, struck, you know, struck up a good friendship with him. Um, but it, like you say, yeah. So he uses one. And I don't think it's for all of his shirts, but cert certain ones that he does, which is a cold press type uh, thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly what you're saying in that the transfers gives you that luxury of. Like I say, you can have your sock, you can have your nice, your nice garments, and then you can work out, you know, which ones sell, which ones don't. You don't have to buy, like you say, you don't have to be sitting on dead stock. Which, when we were doing, um, before we started doing printing all in house and whatnot, you know, we were doing um, direct to garment printing through, you know, through a third party for a while. And like you say, you you have that risk, and you we also learned that we did the the direct to garment stuff doesn't last as well either. You know, the actual no. The print quality, although it's there to begin with, um, you know, it looks great on, on first appearance. It doesn't have that, um, you know, integrity. Or, yeah, yeah. Than, than the heat transfer stuff. So, again, that's important with any business. You want you want to be delivering at least the best quality that, that you can provide. You know, like I say, in an ideal world, everything would be screen printed. Uh, lovely jubbly. But 
we're not in that I mean, position. From a, from a print shop point of view, I think since I discovered Supercolor, it's been like a bit of a game changer in how we kind of approach jobs. Like, you know, yeah. traditionally before, I would quote everything for screen printing. But I think yeah. being kind of like a sole operator and like, you know, doing the printing, having your customer interactions, doing the invoice and quoting, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. I think you you get to know people very quickly in terms of like your clients and your customers. Um, yeah. And you have to kind of learn to gauge people and yeah. kind of like, it, it's almost an impossible question, but kind of like what their pricing expectations are going to be. It's like, you know, I can quite easily quote for a, a six color job fucking yeah. 12 location fucking print or whatever on, you know, yeah. some 30 pound hoodies. But it's like, I know full well that that's going to be absolutely extortionate and nobody in their yeah. fucking right mind is going to pay it. Like I have had one yeah. customer who I didn't want yeah. and I overquoted by a <laughs> ridiculous amount and she still went for it. And I was just like, for fuck's sake, really? I should have like quadrupled it. But anyway, um, I felt like a right dick charging it afterwards as well. And I was just like, ah. Oh. But anyway, um, but it's like super color opened up this possibility where i was like you know in the kind of lower color counts and um, lower quantities in higher color counts um yeah. or if it was for like multiple print locations and everything like that, it's like super colors fucking brilliant it's absolutely yeah. brilliant i wouldn't and, like and the, weird you know, weird fabrics as well fabrics you wouldn't normally print yes on. they're fantastic yeah. for yeah, yeah. Soft, yeah well, soft shell oh my god like yeah they're, they're... I'd, i had one today from one of my <laughs> regular clients who, who runs a gym and she was like uh she's like oh can you print on like technical fabrics and stuff like that and like um like spandex and all this stuff and i was just like <laughs> and x-ray like, can i was like today's episode <laughs> is sponsored by the 1980s <laughs> <laughs> not spandex uh lycra that's oh oh even um, even sexier yeah um like cycling shorts <laughs> and shit like that what? and um i was like I, I can but i don't really want to um so I I was like, can we do it in transfers and she was like yeah it's fine i don't care i was like all right sweet yeah. loads of brands like literally you go in again because you know being now having a brand i would never ever have picked up on any of that stuff going into uh you know hmm. a clothing shop i wouldn't have a clue i'd just go oh that looks cool i like that I, you know maybe i'll buy that on like now I, I think you guys have spoken about this before as well when you go into the shop and you're like hmm that's been you know hit yeah. rest or this this it's becoming very very common like mm. and i think uh i think the technology and or like i.e the prints will only become better over time because there is such there, there seems to be such a demand in the market for that that they'll have no that you know there's no alternative but to get better they'll want to keep putting out the best products to keep the clientele you know the, the clientele base growing um the, the, the hilarious thing about it all is that really the only people that care about the difference between a transfer, a plastic transfer and a screen print and a DTG is the printers. Because the end user, for the most part, doesn't give a shit. Yeah. As long as it looks yeah. cool and feels yeah. nice, they couldn't give a monkeys. Mm -hmm. They could not give a monkeys. Exactly that. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is what it is, isn't it? That's like I say, until you, it's like anything, it's like being involved with anything, until you actually understand some of the workings about it you mm. like you you're not going to give a shit are you like you, you don't so what heat press it, have you, you got then we need to know now uh, a big one i don't know i don't know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. um i can't 
we got it from Science World. Is it Science World? Science, Science World or something? Something yeah. like that. I have no idea. It's, it's a big one with a draw. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> what the, the, plat the, draw. the platen slides out to put the garment on and then put it back and slide it back in. Yeah. Oh, nice! Like yeah, yeah like the, the the no knuckle burner. Yeah, mm. I yeah. I nearly bought, burnt my uh, my forehead on my uh, my press oh, earlier. Yeah. That must have been a big Which press, is... Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not a forehead. That's a five head. <laughs> oh, where does it stop? Where does it stop? <laughs> Snap. Um, Snap. Yeah, I was, I was like le leaning over, lining up this transfer, and I was like, I could just feel the heat right in front of my face, and I've like lifted my uh, head up like, and it's just clicked up my nose, and I was just like, oh, that's hot. So I've um, sixty degrees on, on on your bare skin. I've, I've done two two live printing sessions on on Instagram now, and I, I quite enjoy them. I plan to do it's not the morning. only live sessions you start. On <laughs> well, the only the only ones that people pay attention to, and uh, on both sessions. I have completely forgotten that the flash is turned on and the scorching hot and then moved it out the way a little bit with my bare hand and gone fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> <laughs> both, both times <laughs> now. Uh, what is it about printing on printing and heat? Why do we need so much heat for printing? It's madness. Yeah, it's like sonic heat. Mm. But, um, we always joke about because like at the minute we haven't really got we've got like a little spare room where the heat press is set up and like bless Carly like it's on like a an old cabinet that we've got and you know, you know Carly's like a small lady you know a very petite lady so she's like wrestling with this thing I to... have to like have, put my whole body weight down to especially it's so <laughs> but we're always joking about like the position because it because obviously like when it when you lock it into position after it's gone on for so many seconds it flings back up by itself doesn't it and we're always like forever pretending to like put our head over it and then you know playing chicken like, <laughs> Yeah, basically, basically, yeah, and then doing like the actions of it smacking you in the head, yeah. your head on the wall, and then straight back into the heat press. But yeah, they're pretty lethal objects, really, aren't they? Mm, bloody well, got, well, anything with a spring is. Yeah, I've got a um one of the stalls Hotronics ones, and it's got like the magnetic clamp on the back that holds it down. Um, yeah, but it doesn't it. doesn't always work. It's like 95% oh, right. of the time, it's great. But I remember once, I, uh, I I swear I nearly dislocated my fucking shoulder. So I was like, I had my arm on it and I was like resting at a bit of a weird angle and suddenly it just popped up. But it was like, I literally just felt like my arm like just pop out and I was just yeah. like, ah, 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 that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it just took me out, it took me by surprise. But yeah, <laughs> bloody heat presses. So what, um, what things do you do in the shop then? Because obviously you sew your garments, but you I've watched some of your videos and stuff. So do you sell clothing and cocktails at the same time there? So, so the going back to the story about, you know, wanting to open a bar in Spain and whatnot, and the initial idea for beach ones always being that, that dream, you know, um, as we got further and further into doing the clothing, it was then starting like at the end of last year, coming towards sort of like the middle to end of last year, it was really starting to basically piss me off the fact that we hadn't done anything with the bar. And because that's the dream, you know, effectively our end goal is to one day get to Spain and open beach bums in Spain. And as I say, getting to the middle of last year, I was like, oh, I, I just think this is such a cool idea. You know, we could we could do a pop up bar. We could have the, the merch, you know, connected to the to the stand. 
I think people will really get, you know, if we can do it in the same vein that we've done, you know, how we've done our pop-ups with the clothing and, and you know, encompassing the whole brand aesthetic, if we can bring that into the bar and connect the two, I think I think we could do something really special with that. And um, that was basically, that's, you know, that's, that's what happened. At the end of last year, I set about getting everything into, you know, get to, putting everything into action to make that happen. Um, so I had to do like a, a whole bunch of qualifications and certificates, uh, you know, basically get the, the correct certificates for like hygiene, um, to get my alcohol license, um, to learn about allergens because um, that's more so food based. But again, like I did, I had no idea um, like wines contains uh, contain sulfites. Sulfites, sulfates, yeah. And some people can be allergic to that. So, you know, yeah. The, the whole process started so that we could do something with this whole bar concept um, because it just became, I couldn't ignore it anymore. I, I, I just, you know, as I say, we love doing the clothing. We built something really, we feel we built something pretty unique and special, but that wasn't the original um, goal. And we wanted to more align it with what our original goal was. So that was the whole idea behind setting up the pop-up. And like you say, now that is what, this year is what is our sole focus on on implementing all of that and, and getting to as many events with that whole um setup as we possibly can and uh yeah so that's what that's what we're doing yeah we've got half we got a half the pitch with the clothing and half with the with the bar now that's great because you can sell someone a t-shirt right and then you go oh do you want a little bloody mary while you're here they're like yeah sweet <laughs> and they have a bloody mary and then oh wouldn't you get a jumper as well? Oh, you get a jumper. They get a jumper, and they go, "Oh, do you want a little, uh, little Negroni while you're here?" Yeah, I'll have a little Negroni. And then they go, "Oh, you, you, you could do with a little hat. A hat will keep you nice." Yeah, I'll get a hat. It's, it's uh, a perfect thing. After that, that, they were like, "Do you want to fuss the dog?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly that. You oh, fooled my plan. <laughs> <laughs> right, so you've you've talked to us a little bit about kind of like where the um i guess the initial design ideas came from them but do you want to talk us through a little bit like what your process looks like for for coming up with new designs then and kind of what makes the cut what doesn't etc yeah so which i try not we try not to put too much stress on that like we when we first started to say we done the first four designs uh, very much inspired by spain and our travels and stuff there and then Obviously, you can't build a brand on four bloody designs. So it was like, okay, we need more designs. So a couple of them, you know, were just essentially cool ideas, like tie in with, with the brand and with the with the name and whatnot. It'd be like, I really like, um, obviously, like tattoo-based images, but I didn't want our brand to be another tattoo company or another tattoo brand. So the way that we put together the design i'd be like i want it to be kind of more and a piece of i don't know how to explain it not just like a tattoo more of a piece of art and and even though it lends itself towards that like tattoo style i didn't want it to just solely be like like a, a flash image so it's on a t-shirt um so the coloring was super important and the inspiration for sort of like more so the colors and stuff came actually again going back to being a kid and seeing do you know the brand fat willies in yeah. cornwall 
Yeah, so I remember when I was a kid, I used to what see that. that <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was plural, wasn't it? Love what did you call us? <laughs> fat Wallies. Yeah, Fat Wallies. Uh, so I remember seeing that bumper sticker, the Fat Wallies logo, on so many bumper sticker, stickers when I was a kid. And I used to love the, the coloration of that. And when Beach, when we decided to, to start up Beach Rides, I was like, I'd really like to do something whereby the, it's quite colourful. Like, it's colourful in a sense that it's not just lumps of colour. It, it's more like a sunset or, like you know, just, I don't know how to describe it. But essentially, I wanted it to be colourful and still have a kind of tattoo-esque element to it. Um, as I say, we've done the first four designs. We then come up with a couple that just kind of... Um, emulated more of what we'd already done with those first four designs and then we went on a trip to Italy in fact and we thought we came back from that again super inspired by some of the things that we'd done there and seen and we'd done like a an Italy and our Amal Amalfi Coast um, spring uh, based like uh, set of designs so we'd done like three designs inspired by our travels to Italy um, and again it's gone on from there generally most of our most of our designs have a backstory uh, as to how they come about it is it hasn't just been like you say oh that would be cool on a t-shirt let's have it printed it's mm. been like that was something that was really inspiring how do we make that into a design and never do you guys do the artwork as well some of it basically uh, we done the we done the logo me and carly came up with the with the logo Carly's really good at taglines as well. So like, obviously we didn't, we didn't want every image to just have beach bums on it. We wanted like, I don't know, some cool tagline or punchline or whatever. And you're really good at that, aren't you? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> so Carly came Very up modest. with the, um, <laughs> <laughs> Carly came up with the tagline from the beach to the streets. Um, so, you know, that, that, and I, that was just such a, an epic moment when we was put when we were putting together the the logo for beach bums we wanted something that would be like instantly recognizable if you saw it like a almost like a biker you know a biker's cup um and yeah so we had we had the beach bums uh obviously the name and the skull because we love skulls that's pretty much it we love skull we've got lots of skull stuff in and around the house obviously we had the surfboards to all tie in with the with the beach theme and then we're going, okay, but it needs it needs like a punchline. It needs a tagline or whatnot. And we're bouncing back and forth. And then Carly just comes out with, uh, you know, from the beach to the streets. And it was like, oh, my God, that is like, it's wicked. Like, and as soon as soon as we we'd done that and we added that underneath, it was like, I think people are really going to like this. Mm. And uh, because we loved it, you know. And um, that's, you know, our logo is one of our best-selling items you know, even above all of the, the really design-based uh, stuff that we do. Um, recently, we've been, we have been working on some, some new designs. We've actually got um, two on the, at the shop, at the hut. We've got two that we've printed, but we haven't actually released them because we've been waiting for the right kind of moment or time to... Act, because I feel like when you put out a design, it's almost a bit of a waste if you just go, okay, that's out now, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, you want... it's. it's I think um, Jack, now I'm not going to say it because just in case you haven't had him on. The yeah, Jack. Okay, I'm safe in saying that you've had Jack from on the street. <laughs> we, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we had, had Jack, Jack. Uh, Jack on a couple of times. 
Yeah. It was our, yeah. our very first not, episode not, and our 25th episode. <laughs> well, he's another awesome dude to talk to. And again, really open. And this whole journey, we have spoken to him a, a fair few times. And I know that he's he's mentioned it before as well. He very much um, thinks about designs as like, again, being in a band and releasing a single. And so you have like this whole build up to it. And then potentially what kind of, you know, maybe afterwards you put you put out a single, then you might have a video or vice versa. So that for the new designs, that that just hasn't come into fruition yet because we've just been so busy with everything else going on. You know, our, our lives have been so, so busy um, really since we started all of this. But even more so when we decided we, when we decided to, to, to do the pop up bar as well. It's just been mental. It's been absolutely mental. But the. Um, yeah, going back to, to the designs, as I say, we do all all of the ideas, whether we put together the initial sketches or we reach out to to collaborate with artists and whatnot, we are very, very much involved with the process. I mean, there's a design that we've got in, that hasn't been released that's in the shop. And when I was putting that together with the artist, I exchanged something like 140 emails with him to get Bloody Nora. the design. <laughs> yeah, because I've got such, such a specific image in my head as and, and colors again and, and and the writing and everything as to how i want it to be to come together as a piece i'm i'm, I'm, at, I'm on your website at the moment looking at all your i, I suggest the <laughs> listener goes and looks because they are insanely colorful and really cool They're, they are very now you said fat willies it's hard to sort of you can't unsee the inspiration there <laughs> really, well, the really thing is, cool. I, don't, I don't know nothing about Fat Willies other than that colourful, that colourful, striking logo that just for some reason sticks in my head when I was, you know, from being a kid. And we actually went down to uh, Cornwall for the first for the first time last last summer, and we walked past uh, Fat Willies. We had a look in the window and whatnot. It's only a very small shop, and they don't actually yeah. have, or we couldn't see any like graphic designs. It's purely just the logo that they have. You yeah, know, they yeah, yeah. they. I'm so um, ingrained. I went there a with... few years ago, and I was a bit disappointed. If yeah, yeah, I was to be honest, because like I say, it was such a. I just remember that being such a striking image when I was a kid, and like, I, I remember saying to you so many times, "Oh, have you seen the Fat Willie's logo?" Like, I, I really feel like we could do something not 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 steal from them, but you know, essentially inspired by that striking, yeah. colourful image, and. Um, yeah, we were pretty disappointed too because I was imagining this really cool surf shop with loads of different cool designs and whatnot. I and think it, it's, it's become very... more of a destination than anything now. It's like it is a yeah. it's a tourist destination, really, isn't it? It's kind of, they, can, they can live off yeah. the name now, can't they? Yeah, exactly, and yeah. that's kind of the whole reason that I went. But I, it, it was similar. I expected like the same thing as you, sort of thing, and it just wasn't now. It's just yeah. like, oh. I love so, I love the the uh, uh, reptile smoking the shisha. Yeah, so, so that goes back to what I was saying about Bain earlier on, and that was that was one of the first four designs that we came so up. So cool! With. Again, <laughs> that's just the again that's the lizards on the rocks that we would see in Spain. You've mm. got the you've got the sea in the background of you know behind the the lizard there on the shisha with the moonlight you know shining down over the sea, and then you've got the the gecko on the shisha. It's all relative to our trips to Spain. We'd go to a shisha bar there. Uh, we'd have some drinks. The geckos, looking, finding the geckos on the walk down to the shisha bar, having the having the sea right, you know, right there next to you as you're walking down. That's just 
those those images put into a design basically mm. yeah really cool really really fun aren't they everything's really yeah, fun that's it. fun yeah that's right. so, I, don't, I, don't, I don't normally go on the websites when i'm talking to guests but i had to go and have a <laughs> Have, have another little look. Purely because... like, Pav was just like, "Fuck this." No, purely because I was like, "Oh no!" Because I, mean, I, I wanted to find the one with the. I remember seeing the one with the dog on, and I had to find it. And then after I found the one with the dog on, I went down a rabbit hole of, "Ooh, ooh, ooh." <laughs> we couldn't not. We couldn't not have a, a, a design for for Bronx essentially because he's become such a big part. Yeah, of it, he's a huge part of the brand now. Like, yeah, he comes he's, a, the he's a good looking boy. <laughs> yeah. he's a wicked dog like uh, yeah I mean dogs are awesome anyway but yeah he had to have his own shirt <laughs> good on him nice. <laughs> um, so hypothetical one for you then um, is there anything that you'd like to add to Beach Bums um, that you think could kind of take the brand to the next level um, there's a number of like I guess there's a number of garments and that that we've, that we've been trying, I must say a number, but there's a couple of things that we really wanted to get. Again, going, you know, I was talking about earlier, it's, it's, it's much easier now to get hold of like the more eco-friendly garments and whatnot, but there's still a certain amount of stuff that's, that at least we're really struggling to find. And we've often spoken about, well, like, what is there any other way we could do it? And it just doesn't feel right. We have, whatever we do, it has to stay within the ethos of the brand. Um, so there's a couple of garments that if we could add that to our current collection, it, I feel like it would be super nice. You know, I, do, I, I think people will really dig what it. What sort of thing you after them? I don't really, I, I know it's like really dickish, but I don't really want to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, like we tried for so long and we even got to the point, we even got to the point where we had a couple of um, mock-ups made up. We thought we cracked it. We spent a shit ton of money having some mock-ups sent, like made and, and sent across. We got them. And then I was like, hang on a minute. When we get like all of our other garments, there's always like like a certification tag to say, this is vegan yeah. friendly. This is, you know, 100% um, organic cotton or, you know, however, however many parts recycled against. There was nothing on it. There was no like legitimacy yeah. to the garment well then i found on the label that it was polyester so it wasn't anything recycled oh, or anything. So, so the company had basically like done greenwashing and said yeah yeah it's 100 yeah, like yeah. it's literally all above board and, and it wasn't at all so i think, back I think the square. thing is sorry to interject quickly, that's I right think the thing is with, with like you know you look at some of the big ones doing kind of like the a lot of the greener garments like you know your, your continentals your stanley stellas and stuff like that. they have those accreditations because they're fucking they're a they've done it for so long but you have to work for those accreditations and you have to be awarded them you can't just go out and fucking buy them like you know no. it's like you know like peter vegan approved and stuff like that. it's like peter have to give you that award like it's not something yeah, that yeah. you can request like uh, i sure. think like yeah it's the whole greenwashing thing it's like i mean we we've seen i don't know if you guys have ever been to print my own promotion um up no, in Birmingham. um that's a great place to to go if you want to feel garments and, and shit and you know check out equipment yeah. and everything it really is um but like when we went up there i don't think it was the case so much this year 
was it? I mean, mainly because we didn't. No, we were already there for two hours. <laughs> but the, the year before, it was kind of like you had all the big brands, like, you know, you, I say Gildan off the top of my head, but like loads of the big brands that was like, they had like their, their main kind of stall sort of thing with all their garments on. And then they had a tiny little corner for the, for the green stuff, for the eco stuff and everything like that. And it's just yeah. like, just don't fucking bother. Like, you know, if that's your yeah, contribution that's it. to it, just don't fucking bother. Like, you know, yeah, you either in for a penny, in for a pound sort of thing. But it's that, I think that annoys me more than anything. Like, and I, I wouldn't buy that eco stuff. Or no, because of that, stuff, like you say. Just based it feels on that. Like it's like, it feels like it, it would feel like that that's an afterthought or it's just not, yeah, like you yeah, say, yeah. they're just ticking a box as opposed to being super passionate about those issues and, and those, exactly. that way of producing garments. So that so that would be really great if we, there's a couple more bits and pieces that we'd really like to get that would really you know it would go from our stand being uh, you know t-shirts and hoodies and you know uh, a few pairs of shorts and whatnot to being a much more wider range of like a proper clothing shop at the end of the day you know going into a proper clothing shop and being able to get um, all these different types of things you know from headwear to you know trousers to t-shirts hoodies blah blah blah. So that that one thing that would be great. The the big big one for us would be having an actual physical space like the you know the pop ups great in in terms sorry the the hut is great down on Folkestone. We've we've made it our own, um, but to actually have a physical space perhaps with the bar and with the clothing, that would be. Um, the ultimate goal you know that is the ultimate goal at the end of the day and that would the pop-up events that we do are great but it's an incredible incredible amount of hard work like it takes hours it takes hours not only to do the events and set it all up and whatnot but to to book the events um to to liaise with the organizers of the events to even get on the events you know it's not just a case of going hey We've got this. We'd love to trade at your show. It's like, ha ha, yeah. So do four other, four four hundred other people. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not simple, and it's not an easy task. And I know, like having a a, a physical um, space, you know, a, a shop or a bar or whatever, you know, that will come with its own challenges. But at least, you know, you're you're there. It's like it's when we've gone from it's going from the Sunday market to going into the hut. The Sunday market was always a ball lake because you'd have to turn up, you know, super early, set up your stand, get everything looking exactly as you want it, do the day, pack down, take it home, unload it all, blah, blah, blah. The next step from that was going into the hut. It, it, although the vibe on the Sunday market was fantastic, it was a totally different thing to what the hut is. What the hut gave us or the shed, whatever you want to call it, it just gave us a hub. So we weren't having to faff around setting it all up and whatnot we could just literally open the doors you know hang the stock up as we wanted it and boom you're done you don't have to worry about it mm. i feel like it's the same thing with the pop-up and with the with the bar with the with the clothing thing if we could have it all under one roof in one location it would be like sweet okay now we really really you know put our roots down and and um and and push and push that you know it's my go it's my go sorry uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what achievement are you most proud of in your time running uh, your brand so far? You have different ones. Is that oh yeah, do one each. Ooh, do one one each. achievement each. 
I think mine would be getting the bar started because that was the original idea. So doing the bar. Yeah. I mean, and I was like, as as a crap answer as it as it may be, I think just the fact that we're still doing this and that we started it's with perfectly, absolute, it's perfectly legitimate answer. Really yeah. is. It just um, seems like a bit of a cop out to, to sort of say Well, that, you, but... you say that, but the only brand you really deal with is your brand. Darcy and I deal with other brands quite regularly, and most of them do not make six months. Yeah. <laughs> so, so to be like to be multiple years in is a massive achievement, a massive, massive achievement. Um, yeah, it's a, a lot of people don't realise quite how hard it is to run a brand. They see they see the markup on a t shirt. And they see, you know, that other people are selling them for however much. And they think, oh, yeah, I'm going to make a fortune. It just does not work like that. It does not work like that. And the, the people that end up giving up are the ones that think it's going to be easy and it isn't. And the people that carry on are the ones that either find out it's hard work and push through it or where it's hard work from the start. And, yeah, so yeah. to be still here is not a small achievement by any means. It's huge. I think, yeah, I think that that's it at the end of the day. And because uh, being, again, going back to the band stuff and going back to, you know, being in landscape and whatnot, those are both completely parallel, different things. They are equally both really flipping hard things to do. And I feel like as much as the brand is, it is very hard to do. It is a completely different set of challenges. That stuff doesn't phase us. Like it doesn't, like as much as um i just don't feel like it's hard work like as it is don't get me wrong there are days where you're like oh fucking hell like you know it would be nice to get some more sales or like we we're knackered because we've been doing you know hours setting up and then doing the event and then not like sleeping like shit in the back of the van and then doing the same thing the next day and having to be happy and chirpy with the customers and whatnot essentially Mm. it's just all part of it you know that's it's hard work but it's it's also pleasurable work especially when you get people come you know that maybe have come back and brought you know two three four times five times from you um you have to put it into perspective like that i don't think any unless you are lucky very exceptionally lucky most businesses aren't overnight successes and you have to be willing to put in all of that effort for very little reward you know if it essentially if beach bums doesn't get to a point where you know we do want it to to like essentially make you know a half decent amount of money at at some point but if it goes on and on and on and on and we don't get to don't don't get there then obviously we will have to reassess but when you're this early in the game and you have and we've got you know all these different ideas and things that we want to achieve different avenues that we want to kind of bring in bring into the band or, or sorry brand which we have done you know with the with the bar just feel like there's so much there's so much more that we can we can do so if you if you get to the point and you think well we've done everything we can we feel like we're at the end of the road which is inevitably where i got to with the band when i was when i was trying to pursue a career in music that's where i got to you know we felt like we'd exhausted everything every single option we possibly had we gave it our all and we stayed the best of friends and walked away from it but it was on our terms it will be the same thing with beach bums we will not give up until we get to that moment and hopefully we don't hopefully we get to the the end vision or at least the the larger vision that we have for it 
Cool. I don't, I don't. I don't think you'll get to that point. I think you'll grow and grow and grow, and then we can turn around one day and say we had beach bums on the podcast. You know. I don't know, man. But the, I'll tell you what was now. Now that now I've got a they Hooklo is definitely on this one, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just pulling, I'm just pulling your leg now. I know he was on here. <laughs> but I I found that was my the most interesting podcast for me uh, with you guys. Like I really really took a hell of a lot away from the conversation that you had with him, mm. and it was very inspiring because obviously it's it's different. You know, he's doing coffee, he's doing donuts and whatnot. But it's a kind of similar scope as to where we are going with our brand and to hear about the success that he's had with that is fantastic. You know, and again, the struggles and the hardships that he's had with that. Uh, and also not he didn't he doesn't he didn't seem to also put too much pressure on himself with the clothing yeah. aspect of things. Like, no, again, it seemed like a very natural. Chill. Yeah, he seemed like it seemed like a very natural progression for him where he was at where his headspace was at with the brand and whatnot so yeah i mean it, yeah. It, it was a natural progression i think but also a fuck ton of hard work like it, it, yeah. the, the 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 right things came along at the right time and then he did them but he didn't like half ass it he really went and did it there was no there's no fucking about with scott like he is he is the real deal when 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 something's gonna work he makes it yeah. work and he's but, yeah. his, his demeanour dwells on anything. He just no, fucking he just gets on with it. And so, if it doesn't work, yeah. he does the next thing. But his his demeanour sort of belies a little bit of actually how amazing he is at what he does because mm. he he was just so so chill and just talking about it like it was an everyday thing. And yeah, not everyone not everyone can be like him. That he's he's a he's a no. one off. But he's such such a such a valuable podcast. It really was. It was amazing because I'll be totally honest when it started, because he's very soft spoken and very, and it's very, he has a very monotone voice and it? it's very, it's very sort of, and I was thinking, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to carry on with this, you know? And then the whole conversation started to open up and the story behind the whole thing. And I was like, wow, this is actually now this, I'm really into this, you know, I'm really mm. like, it became apparent that that guy is, you know, super. One, one of the best things that happened. Awesome story, Scott. One of the best things that happened for that for that episode in particular was that we didn't end up having the first time we recorded it. <laughs> like the because, oh, yeah, because like we, we had a great conversation with Scott, a really good conversation with Scott. But then you know it's like it's like like we have here, like we chat a bit to start with, and then yeah, the, the really it's the second half of it, yeah. the last quarter of it that yeah. is like. When everyone loosens up a bit and there's a bit of a breath well we basically had that for a whole episode because we'd already met him like once and had a chat yeah. with him yeah and it was really it was, like it was it, it the was second a... time it felt just like a catch-up didn't it yeah it was it's great like, it was it so felt good a lot more natural it's so like good. that's the thing with podcasting because i think it's like you know i don't know if it was the same for you guys but it's like i remember the first time i went on a podcast which was on uh on chessie's pod um from squeegee and ink and um i was absolute shit in bricks I was like, oh, what do I say? Like, don't know what to wear. Like, you know, I was like, you know, do I sit like this? Like, you know, <laughs> and it, it, it's like, it it takes a little while to like, just like, like limber up, I guess. And like, just feel comfortable yeah. with the person you're speaking to over Zoom. It's like, it just feels a bit like unnatural. And we've, we've talked for forever about doing like, um, episodes like in person and stuff. Obviously, logistically, it's a fucking nightmare. Nightmare, um, yeah. And we have 
potentially got the opportunity to do one with a guest um which would be really fun it's just trying to figure out the the logistics of it mm-hmm. but it's yeah, yeah it's 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 a weird thing coming on a podcast like you know it's not like it's like hmm, we're gonna interview you today it's like what is it is a <laughs> fucking job like <laughs> yeah it's really yeah. bizarre because it's like very rare that um it's very you know people come into the shop all the time and obviously you know with the pop-ups and your festivals and you're meeting people but it's it's very rare to meet somebody and go okay right let's have a full-on discussion you know you might have maybe a 10 10 minute or a 15 minute chat with someone but if you meet someone for the first time it's you know i don't know how long we've been what's it like two hour two hour conversation you don't do that it's not normal is it but yeah. <laughs> this this whole thing it, that's how it works at the end of the day you so, say yeah. that you need to listen to mikey's episode because i think he's like that my god what a lovely man but i've never met anyone that can talk can like him talk. oh my god but he's not he's not talking and and you're like going oh my god shut up he's talking and everything he says is interesting so like you're going you're going it broke the record it was like three what, three hours seven minutes i, I think, think it was, was. <laughs> yeah i mean with, with the intro and our chat i think the whole episode was about three and a half hours but it's like but it's like this is why like i have a beer on the pod this is like my night out for me like you know this is my socializing like you know i have a mental work life and i've got a kid i've got two dogs i've got my wife like you know it's kind of like the spare time that i have it's like it's spent there doing all the rest of that yeah. and it's like you know doing doing this and being able to chat to you guys and having a chat with Pav like before you guys come on and stuff like that. like this is like this is my night out like, I'm going out on Saturday yeah. which feels really fucking weird like I'm going <laughs> out with my mates for a curry I'm just like what the <laughs> fuck like you know it's that's uh, cool yeah like that's kind of like my thing with um so Carly loves watching films but I'm just not I don't like it. So I would rather do something like this, whereby... Do you, do, do you just sit in a dark room on a Saturday night? <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. But I, I don't know. Like, I like to do... <laughs> yeah, fall asleep on the sofa more, like, yeah. But, um, no, I prefer to, like, do things like this, where, you know, I'd rather go out and uh, meet up with a friend that I haven't seen and have, like, a, a nice chat, and you know, than, than watch a film, really. Or, you know... Or, I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking shit now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather make I'd rather make use of my time doing something that's more productive. You know, we yeah, get something doing, out. Of it. Doing gonna... nothing is productive. Yeah. Some of the no, best no, times I've, I've ever had. Chat the other day, I was no. like, "What was the chat we had the other day?" About doing like... nothing. You need to learn to do nothing. Oh, that was it. I, I, I had I had some jobs on that I knew I needed to get out, but I just had one of those days where I was like. Um, so I don't know how many episodes you've listened to or whatever, but so, so we downsized, we left our unit and we've moved everything back home. And yeah, it was like the whole process of like going through all that and like figuring out all the new process and where everything goes. And then it's like, there's still jobs coming in. It kind of like, it really got to me. And yeah. I was just like, I just need to like, just not fucking like Doing do it inky cow or downcast or 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 anything to do with the pod or anything to do with our own brand like for the next like couple of days because i was like it's really starting to like just fuck with my head and i was speaking to pav about and i was like part of me like i'm like a um eternal fucking pessimist i guess that it's like i if i don't do something i'll beat myself up 
fight for not doing it even though i know that it's like i need i need to take the time off i need that break i need just yeah. to like recalibrate and have a bit of a rest and that and i beat myself up and i, I chatted to pav and pav actually did make me feel better and once i'm a very optimistic person mate <laughs> yeah it usually calls me to see you next tuesday and I'll, <laughs> i have a bit of a cry um but yeah and it was kind of like I, I literally just like for two days i just did nothing i was like and, and nick's my other half was like you need to get those jobs out i was like don't fucking care i was like <laughs> i'm having a couple of days where it's like you know if people moan at me after a couple of days then fine whatever i'll deal with it but it's like i need a couple of days just to fucking like like recalibrate and just get everything back on track because my head is going at a million fucking miles an hour like you know having you know yeah. fucking anxiety and adhd together I know, I know they're very intertwined but it's kind of like they don't really don't work very well together it's like yeah i, so. I, I totally agree what you're saying is that you know uh, that's what again going back to spain that's what spain always was for us like you know very much on the go all the time something's got to be done this job's got to be done uh you know million things going on in your life when that looking forward to going to Spain and whatnot that that was always that I, I never sit still I absolutely will never ever sit still uh, or I can't sit do it I can't do nothing I just I feel like I'm, I'm incapable of doing that unless we go to Spain you know and then that's it then it all just goes Ooh, okay yeah. I feel like a normal person for you know three or four days and well it's jolly lucky you didn't move your brand out to spain because you, you wouldn't have oh, anything yeah. printed <laughs> like nothing, nothing would, the shop would never oh, open yeah. we'll do it tomorrow, we'll do, it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um do you do you have any questions for us who would you really like to have on the podcast oh. like I suppose are there, are there brands that you like really, really super aspire to? Well, Scott from Who Play was was one of the big ones. Yeah, he was he was one of my biggest. He was a not him personally, but Who Clay was a massive massive inspiration. For, I've said it on the on the pod before, but Who Clay right. was a massive inspiration for me when I was starting up Downcast. Um, right, you know, but kind of like the it's not even necessarily like the size of the brands it's more just kind of like no. the content they're putting out i just find it like really really fucking wicked there's a there's a brand over in the states called um holy smokes um right. they're really fucking cool he's had a couple of mentions on shirt show recently um Is he? dylan from shirt show has been buying shirts from him i messaged him i've been speaking to him um i can't remember his bloody name is now um i've been speaking to him for quite a while but it's and i asked him to come on the pod and he was just like look i'm i'm like really an introvert like you know it's not my cup of tea and it's like yeah. cool but i still chat to the guy he's, he's a lovely bloke um yeah, but i messaged yeah. him and i was like oh hey like you know i, I listened to shirt show like you know he was like you just got a mention and he was like what it's like really cool but um yeah so <laughs> they'd be they'd be one of my one holy smokes and then uh who else would i want who else would i want well, like not necessarily again, not necessarily, you know, brand related or. Well, you know, I've got I've got a guy I've been trying to get on the podcast for ages now, long, long time, and I'm quite friendly with him now because I right. see him quite I see him quite a lot, and um, I end ah, up that one end up doing some <laughs> doing some work for him, and I actually don't think I've ever met anyone. This is not to blow smoke up his ass. I've never met anyone who's dealt with more brands and 
in a more varied capacity than him. And he has mm. dealt with some fucking huge Major. brands. Like I think like, that would be like a five hour long episode. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it that's going to be a two parter. Yeah, yeah, he, I don't think he's probably. Yeah, he's probably made more mistakes than every. Um, he t- always tells me about all the fuck ups he made. He's telling me about more mistakes than every guest we've we've had on combined. Um, and <laughs> I mean, one, one one of the one of the mistakes <laughs> involved a hundred thousand t shirts for Ted Baker. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and look, he, he's he's one of these people that's always dealt in that sort of sphere, and he's really cool and he's really, really interesting. But he is like. I do, I do I do some print work for him, and he's hard to nail down for that. So getting that, nailing him down yeah, for, a, yeah. for a podcast. Yeah, he's, but he 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 started his own little brand and he's got a little shop. So the intention is to to sort of chat him up and see if we can go and actually record an episode in the shop. Oh, um, to go awesome. and do it in there, which would be cool. One, one of the things I'd love to do, and it's not necessarily new guests, but what. What I really want to do, and I know Pav, me and you have spoken about this before, is actually go and visit like past guests. Like, I'd love to like right. go to, I don't know, as an example, like a uh, Tom from Boyd's of Bedford. Mm, yeah, go Boyd and see from, him. Boyd from Tom's of Bedford. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and literally, like, do like, because he's got such a cool space. He's like in this like old, like, what is it? It's like a, so it's a farm it's like a, building thing, but it's got yeah, old cars like a, and motorbikes motorbikes and and stuff like go and do like a live pod there or something like that like as an example like i'm gonna i'm gonna come along to you guys because you're not actually that far from me (laughs) wicked yeah well actually (laughs) my my partner um used to run a business in lim oh okay yeah so it's like what like 20 minutes away from you or whatever it is um yeah and i i I know i know folks in pretty well so i might i might swing by and see you guys one weekend Definitely. Yeah, calm I think down. I've got family in Folkestone. They can't <laughs> can't be very good family if you don't think you don't yeah. know if they live there or not. No, I'm just I'm just trying to think if they still live in Folkestone. I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah. Well, it's a good anyway. it's a good it's a good uh, afternoon or evening out sort of thing, you know. Especially if you like the thing is, I don't know if you, you've seen our stories and stuff before. Um, obviously, when you get the shit weather down there, because it is literally in the sea, it yeah, is yeah. fucking. It is awful, but then when you get a quality day and there's no wind and it's you could be you could be like in the med, you know. And that's not even exaggerating because there are there's like lovely bars down right down the, the harbour arm now. Um, we've even seen dolphins and stuff in the in, in the water. Yeah, are they so there, are they there is... by accident or are they there on porpoise? <laughs> 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 so bad. <laughs> Oh, oh! I'm so pleased with that one. Oh, oh! I'm not even going to smile for that. <laughs> but yeah, that'd be cool. Do you, reckon you, do you reckon that you would ever get into a position where you could do that? Where you could like, yeah, I reckon we yeah. could. It would be like, it wouldn't be like a lot of episodes. I think there'd probably be no. like it'd maybe be like a handful, or yeah, like a handful yeah. a year, maybe. Do it on YouTube or something like that, or, or do it on Instagram. Yeah, I mean the the long term plan is not even long term. It's kind of like we should already be fucking doing it, but like we we've wanted to be on YouTube since the beginning, but it's just another right. thing to do. Like you know, yeah. So I think, yeah, entirely that. Like it, you know, Instagram for us is the is the one. You know, essentially where it's the most 
it's the most you know that's where we get the most interaction we've got the most followers on etc etc and we have yeah. the other things you know facebook and tiktok and i think that's about it, yeah. it um and that's enough you know what i mean that and, and yeah it just it takes over your life doesn't it that's that's the thing you like all of that shit is just more shit to do mm. um I suppose it wouldn't be so bad like with what you guys are doing it's like your whole like say the pod the next step for the podcast would be to i was like say do those physical visits and bring the whole kind of you know aesthetic to the show or like you say have the guests in somewhere and, and whatnot yeah. I, mean, I think um, from from my point of view i think it's it is wishful thinking but it would be to have someone who's essentially like a producer who could right basically just organize shit and edit the episodes that'd be amazing and, wouldn't it then I then I do I do even less then I would literally just at the moment all I do is I remind Darcy to send me the show notes um I turn up and then I talk shit for a couple of hours and then I write the blurb afterwards to go on Instagram and that's pretty much it that's that's a sum total of Darcy does everything else I I sing sing the theme tune every time yeah he does yeah he sings it yeah what made you like you guys decide to start doing all this then like what what made obviously you guys are not you know you've got your own brands and you've got the print shops and whatnot but like what i guess it was it just like curiosity or like wanting to learn more like what why did you want to do the podcast podcast, so um this is his baby really i i'm i'm a late addition i wasn't in well we were in our second season at the moment but it's basically it's more or less a continuation. Yeah. No, we, we we had we had another mate of mine um, uh, right at the start who I think we did twelve episodes together. Yeah. Eleven or twelve episodes. Twelve. Twelve. Because I came right. in on unlucky number thirteen, didn't I? You did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it, I don't know. I mean, I came up with the idea because I just wanted like we were having these kind of like conversations with like brands anyway. Like I was speaking to lots of brands. Right. I speak to brands all the time through Downcast, through the print shop and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah it was just like a natural progression not, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I listened to a lot of podcasts as well, and it was kind of like listening to like shirt yeah. show and stuff like like and how they set up and it's very casual it's like you know it doesn't need to be an interview it's like yeah we're asking you questions but it's like yeah you know i know what you're saying it's not like now i'm going to ask you this and now you know it's it's a much more like social vibe as you say so chris how well uh how well do you think you played today (laughs) (laughs) speak speaking of speaking of the word vibe i saw the funniest um uh the funniest comment on a video I've ever seen in my entire life. I've got to find it. And it involves the word vibe. I did a screenshot of it. Is that what it's called when you do a... Yeah. What's it called? That's the one. Those Hold are on. the funniest. That's the best thing about social media is literally the comment section. So this guy was um doing a video about how he fixed uh, a broken wall in his garage. And he's quite a softly spoken guy. And he's got long hair and had dungarees on. And this was the top comment on it. Do you eat a lot of soups? I get the vibe from your vids. Nothing bad, just a definite soupy vibe. <laughs> and, and the weird thing is, I read that and I was like, I totally get that vibe. Like the guy <laughs> off the vibe of someone who 
eats a lot of soup. And everyone else underneath was like, whoa, now that you mention it, there is a definite soupy vibe, and I can't explain why. <laughs> yeah, this guy's That's... really soupy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest thing, though, isn't it? It's when someone picks up on something like that, and oh. then it gets carried on and carried on. Oh, my God, yeah. But he, he, he just... It's nailed this guy in one. It was, the video had nothing to do with food or soup or anything. He was just repairing a wall in his garage, and this guy's like, "That guy eats soup." He's <laughs> <laughs> a full-on soup. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Should we do some? Uh, should we do some randoms, Bav? Yes, we're going to do some random questions now. So we're going to ask three quick-fire random questions each. Um, yeah, we try and use the word quick-fire. They'd normally take a bit, a little bit longer than however quick it would take to fire something, but we'll go, we'll go for relatively quick fire. <laughs> right, are you gonna go okay. first, Darcy? Because I know uh, you get confuddled otherwise. Yeah, yeah. I'll go first. Um, which one of you would make the better con man? Definitely you. Definitely me. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> he threw you right. right under the bus there. <laughs> oh, that that Done. that's what that's what a con man would do. Make out like the other person is a better con yeah. man. Oh yeah, Carly. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is this is only for one half of the room, and you'll understand once I've asked the question. If you could watch any movie again for the first time, what would it be? <laughs> Sorry, what was that? If you could ask, if you could watch any movie again for the first time, what would it be? There's no good you answering that one, Chris. What? <laughs> you don't like me. You don't like oh, you. Don't right. <laughs> <laughs> I do like no. I, going back to that, then I do like movies. I just don't like. I like real life stuff. So I, I like things that are like based on real life. And, and you know, um, have you ever seen the film? What's what's the film about McDonald's? Mc, the um, founder. The founder. Yeah. Have you ever oh, seen the film? No, about I, that's, yeah, that's yeah, on my list. With, uh, Michael Michael Keaton, isn't it? Yeah. That film yeah. is. In awesome, like I like films. And Jesus Christ, we want to talk about con men. The guy that set or basically stole the whole idea. All right, well the guy, the guy that's fucking stole McDonald's basically. But it goes in, goes into all of. I like films like I don't, I don't like like action, like your action films or chick flicks and stuff like that. So anyway, yeah, back to your question. Um, If you could watch any film for the first time again. For me, it'd be the Wolf of Wall Street. I think you're the second person to say that. I think, like that, that film is like it came again. Like it sounds really bad because now it just sounds like I'm some sort of like business demon. But the uh, (laughs) the whole story of that and the and the what the it's just amazing. That film is flipping brilliant. And at the time where I finished, you know, stopped doing the band, stopped work. I'd been working for the same guy for 10, 11 years of my life and set out to start my own business. It was like such a kick up my ass of like, okay. I, I always felt like up until that point, like I was, I was never paid that well for my landscaping work because I always had this thing over my head that I, cause I played in the band, um, you know, sometimes I would have to leave work early to go and do like some shut the practice perhaps we were playing some shows up north. So I would have to leave slightly early from work on a Friday or maybe Thursday, Thursday night and have the Friday off. And 
but I never ever let the dude down. The guy that I work for, I never let him down. I always like try to organize cover for him and things like that. You know, we were just like this small team, me and this one other dude. And when everything finished, the band finished, uh, you know, um, and I started my own business, I was like, okay, I want to earn some serious money. I feel like I've lost that. Although I'd pursued this career in music for so long, I felt like, I'd, you know, I'd sacrificed so much. So I really wanted to just throw myself in at the deep end and get the best out of my business. And that, that although, you know, maybe for, maybe for some of the wrong reasons even, that film was just like, Jesus Christ, man, like if you're going to, if you're going to attempt something in your life or go out and, and get something, you just, you know, it, okay, the dude was a pretty, pretty bad guy, but he certainly fucking went out there and gave it, done something, you know. Um, yeah, I still I found that film inspiring at the time. I found the story absolutely insane. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to watch that. I'd love to see that again, you know, if that was, if I could watch it for the first time again, I'd do that. Nice. About you, Carly. Yeah, um, I think I can I pick a TV series. So yes, you can. Yeah, go on then. The Shield, not the Marvel thing, but the old. It's really old, isn't it? Yeah. Like the police officers. Is that is that, that is that what is that why you're with Chris? Because because he's got the he's got the look, hasn't he? With the bald head. <laughs> <laughs> it's David Chickless in it. It's that guy in it. Yeah, it's a he was didn't he play some rock guy in some Marvel? Yeah, in, in Fantastic Four. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys seen that? Have you seen the show? Or you must no. have done. No, no, but I'm aware. I'm aware that he was in it. Yeah, it's such a good series. If I've ever seen it, I might have done. But... It looks really dated. If like if you go back to the start, it looks really dated now. But the again, the story of that is so good. It's so good. And like, again, like, because it's about corrupt cops and they get, but it's just done so well. Like the, the story is told so well and they get themselves in deeper and deeper. And it's about the, there's like four guys that are essentially really good friends and it, and it fucks up all the friendships and their, their whole lives. It's, yeah, that's a really good, that's really good. Yeah. I'm going to go and start watching it this week, maybe in the studio <laughs> while I'm printing. Good answer. <laughs> Darcy, you'll go um... again. Right, so one for both of you. You've uh, you've both just become members of the Spice Girls. What are, what is your Spice names? What Ooh. are your Spice names? I don't know what mine. Baldy Spice. Baldy Spice. <laughs> 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 it sounds like a really really shit one of the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh. That would be like right. the Benadorm version of like a Spice Girls tribute, wouldn't it? Like yeah. a drag act. <laughs> <laughs> a drag Spice Girls tribute. Oh, brilliant. Oh, fucking hell. What about you, Carly? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you'd be called up. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Carly Spice. There we go. <laughs> yeah, Carly Spice. Ron, you're, you're, the, you're the Ron Seal Spice girl. 
<laughs> no, you are that you are the the spice spice. Cool. <laughs> the spice spice. The spice spicy spicy. <laughs> um, what is your favourite form of potato? As in a favourite way of consuming potato? Chips. Roast potatoes. Oh, yeah, roasted mm. roasted options. Hmm. Yeah, Why, I, think, your... I think I think roast I think roast potatoes is the only real answer there, or vodka. <laughs> I, I can tell <laughs> by your look, and you was you genuinely seemed concerned that I said chips. Yeah, just, well, I, but I only only, only because it's it, you couldn't be any more wrong. That's the only reason. And I'm thinking, <laughs> like, given the opportunity of chips and roast potatoes, I suppose yeah, that is pretty true. To be honest, I think I'd go chips. Yeah, but it's not. It can't. It can't be shit chips. Like it's got. No, to be... they have to be good chips. No, they have to yeah. be made from potato, not turd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that would just be shit chips, literally. Yeah. I can't believe, as a, as a northern person, Darcy, you chose chips over. Oh, actually, I suppose I can. No, it's all coming together now. <laughs> I've got to do it. The northern people not, do like I'm not chips. Irish, they? mate. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, they talk to me about pies, then fair enough. I know who ate them all. Say <laughs> <laughs> what oh. does my head in about pies. Last rant from me, yeah. and then I'll ask a question and let you go. Um, when when you go to a pub, right? I know exactly what you're going to say. I know exactly yeah. what you're going to say. And, and and they give you a fucking ramekin with yeah. some meat and gravy in it, and then put a bit of pastry on. Hundred, I'm with you. Hundred pies. I'm with you. Hundred percent. Bowl with a hat on. That it. is not. Yeah, that is a casserole with a shoe pastry um, topper hat. That's all it is. Yeah. You're hundred percent right there. Head. The best thing. Pie. The best thing about a pie is the gravy that soaks into the pastry at the bottom. Yeah, the soggy bit. Anyway, sorry. We just we just we're got just having a conversation there. between but, ourselves there. I think yeah, that's the only anyway, time we've agreed. I think we're going to start a pie podcast. Oh. <laughs> the pie social. <laughs> oh, the crust crew. Right. Um, is it my go or your crust, go? Crust your go. Great. It's your go. It? Yeah, I've just uh, did the potato one. I did have one. Hang on. One sec. Give me a sec. I mean, he uh, writes. He writes all these questions. So half uh, of them have come from fucking Reddit. So I might just start listing potato-based items. Yeah, do keep <laughs> listing potatoes until he comes up with one. <laughs> Be off-putting, though, might it? All right. You know what? I'll 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 go with another food one then. Um, is bread underrated or overrated? Mm. I love bread. So. Yeah, okay. Again, it's got to be good bread, though, isn't it? Like, chunky bread. Yeah, big chunky bread. Is it underrated or is it overrated? Mm. I suppose it's underrated, isn't it? Like, because it's banging. Like bagels, you can love bagels. Um, bagels are good, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, ba- mate. Bagels yeah. have no right being that good. No. <laughs> have you had them New York ones? What are they called? Like, I think it's just the, the New York bagel. Company. Yeah, that's that's yeah, literally yeah, yeah. all I have. That yeah, and I have all the flavors. I, My favorite one of the raisins one when I want a little no, sweet no. treat, the raisin and cinnamon oh, no. ones. See, now I'm gonna do, I don't, I don't know if you've noticed it by now, but Pab's a bit fucking weird. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm gonna do what he done to me with the chips thing and be like, What are you talking <laughs> about? Raisin bagels, yeah, they're really the good. Seeding. 
Yeah, they're all right. I do like the seeded ones as well. I'm saying if I want something a little, little sweet, a little, little, yeah. little something, something, yeah. I'm like, I'm in there with a raisin bagel. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Okay. Fair play, fair play. Raisin bread donuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weird, I... yeah. Why do? Why are they called bagels and not something like a bread donut? A bronut. They should be called a bronut. Yeah, maybe, maybe there's a, a. Yeah. Well, there's already a cronut, isn't there? What's a cronut? A croissant donut. So, so sorry. What, why, why this back? A, a croissant donut. Yeah. So what is, is it? it a don- is it a donut made of croissants, or is it a croissant in the shape of a donut? <laughs> Which way I round think is it's it? It's a bit of both. I don't know. I've never had one. I just know it's a thing. We need to text. We need to text Scott from who and ask him about the cronut. <laughs> he's the he's the <laughs> resident donut Scott, expert. Scott, show us your cronuts. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, was that one of his creations? Um. Uh. Okay. My my one last go. One last go. Uh. uh oh, I already asked that one. I didn't check it off. <laughs> How many do you have? Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! You need to. The, the, oh, the list gets longer and longer. I just, every I just week, like to point so out that's only, that's only one page. There's there's three and a bit pages of it. This most of this comes from my brain, and it's like <laughs> half an hour before the podcast, me panicking. It's like fuck, we need quite new questions, and my brain just goes, "This would be a good idea," and it comes out with something like, "Would you rather have sex with a goat, but no one know?" Or not have sex with a goat, but everyone believes you did. Oh, now, now you've now you've read it out. We have to we have to ask that is the last question. <laughs> to be fair, that's not actually one of mine. That's from Reddit. <laughs> no, that is, yeah, that is that, you don't you don't have to answer. You don't have to answer that one. I'm going to do a much simpler one. I think I know the answer. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Yeah, dogs. Yeah. Unanimous. Yeah. Unanimous. Yeah. Definitely not a cat. I love I love animals, but I. I don't, I don't know. Something about cats. I'm not cats not are wankers. Like, I had yeah. a cat. I had a cat, a cat for years. I used to work for Cats Protection, and <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I would have much rather mm. work for Dogs Trust, to be fair. But um, <laughs> yeah, worked there for it wasn't even that long. I think it was like six months or something like that. And <laughs> um, ended up doing a day in the cattery and adopted a uh, a deaf white cat, but she died last year, and then we got another dog. Oh. So. Know. Deaf white I cat. Yeah, I wasn't going to replace the cat with another cat. I was like, get an upgrade. Yeah, <laughs> a, a dog that yeah. can hear things. When, um, if you've not owned a dog before, the thing is, like, we never, I never had a dog. Well, we never had dogs growing, growing up as kids. And we didn't have Bronx until, I don't know, early 20s or something like that. Early 20s? Mid 20s. I don't know. Yeah. Middle to late 20s. And the whole time when I was growing up, I always thought, why do these fucking dog people talk to dogs like they're a child or like, why do they do all these like silly noises to them and things like that? And then the moment you get a puppy, you turn into one of those dickheads. Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, you're okay, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we no, do. It's just like so twats all We the do time. be doing <laughs> that. <laughs> I mean, oh, they when... are twats. I love them, but they are twats. When I got my dog, and my dog's a rescue, the dog would not listen to me at all. And it would listen to my missus. It would literally wouldn't even turn around if I called its name or anything. And uh, 
we went to, went to training and I said, I think the dog hates me. I'm pretty sure it doesn't <laughs> like me. And she was like, well, ask it to do something. And I was like, fucking sit. And she was like, he didn't yeah, do anything. And then Joanna went, fucking sit. And it sat down. He sat down. And she went, the problem isn't he's ignoring you. It's that your voice is so low, he can barely hear you. <laughs> So I had to, I have to change I had to change the register because although I sound relatively normal here, my voice is actually quite deep. And um yeah, and I don't know what Darcy does in the thing to make me sound like I'm on helium. Um, it just it just ups my speed. But yeah, the, the, the bugger couldn't hear me. And once I started like going hello bugger, hello, come here, that's when he started paying attention to me. So now it's like ingrained in my head now that when I speak to dogs, I have to sound like a you have to do it like that. Weird. See, maybe clown. that's it. That, that's that's the secret to it all then. Yeah. See, yeah. Learn something new every day. That's my excuse and I'm sticking to it. Sure. <laughs> all right, final questions, eh? Yeah. Uh so You look confused you by that, Darcy. You've done this before. I, Come on. I, you, you caught me off guard. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was just daydreaming there. But just really quickly, my so we've got a, a working cocker spaniel and he needs a lot of fucking stimulation. My wife started taking him to um, to Hooper's training, which is like agility training around hoops and tunnels and shit like that. Anyway, it's fucking brilliant. He's got like rosettes and shit, um, but they're trying to teach him this command, which is apparently the hardest command you can teach a dog full stop. And it's basically when you give them a command and instead of looking at you, they look forward to where they're facing. They take right. their eyes off you and straight ahead until they're told to go. Um, right. And it's really difficult to teach because it's kind of like the obviously the way you teach dogs is like when they do something good you reward them but it's like yeah. if they're looking forward they don't necessarily realize they've done it sort of thing. Anyway, right. but um, uh, the trainer was like, "You need it, to my wife." It, it, she was like, "You need a word that is going to kind of tell him to you know do this thing," and she couldn't think of anything, so she just went, "Oi." <laughs> <laughs> Which is so the exact I... opposite of what you need. She's like, really? Really? So whenever she's trying to get him to do it now, she's like, oi. Oi. Oh. Oi. Oh. It's fucking brilliant. I love it. I can imagine that out, taking the dog out for a walk in the field and just be like, oi. Oi. <laughs> Everyone else would be like, what the fuck is that talking on about? <laughs> oh, hilarious. Oh. Yeah, so, right. Um, if you weren't doing what you do, what do you think you'd be doing? What job do you think you'd have? Both of you. Uh, so, I, do, I don't know. I honestly don't know because I feel like when we started Beach Bums, it was very much because we were at that point in our lives and that almost had to happen. Because we've been doing, you know, all the other stuff that I've already mentioned a whole bunch of times. That had, been, that, had, that had really run its course in our lives. Although I'm still doing bits and pieces of landscaping, I have no real motivation to can, like to keep pursuing a career in that. So, my, you know, certainly my career would have had to change in some which way, shape or form. And as a, aside from moving to Spain and that whole thing, I don't know. I honestly don't know what, what else at this moment in time, I don't know what else we would be doing. Shall I change the question slightly? Yeah. So it's, if you weren't yeah, doing what you do now and mm -hmm. you could pick anything else to do, what would it be? 
uh, I would open a bar in Spain. I would move to Spain and open a bar in Spain. Yeah, I, I would work with animals. I've always wanted to do that. I'm always googling like kennel jobs and stuff, so I would like to do something like that. Yeah, it's a lovely thing to do. Open a bar in Benidorm, you can both have a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I saw. I saw things that are burnt. It permanently burned into the back of my retinas when I went there on the stag do. Things I saw. Bad, bad things. <laughs> Never been. Oh, I do not recommend it. <laughs> um, can you recommend any brands that you'd like to hear on the pod? Or maybe suggest some that you think we've already had, and then we'll tell you if we, <laughs> if we haven't. I'll never live that down. Um, uh, it's one of my favourite podcast moments of all time. <laughs> Obviously, I know now, for fuck's sake. Um, yeah, so Dickie Smiles would definitely be. Cool. I think that guy is. Now, we've already had him on. What are you talking about? Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> You're fucking with me. Yeah. Um, he's super talented. That, uh, you know, it, it wasn't. I didn't know nothing about We didn't know nothing about him beforehand. It was purely, you know, coincidence. And we've got to know Aaron a little bit as our time, uh, you know, spending, as we've been doing this. We've got to know him a little bit better. But I gen I think he's one of those people that is just genuinely talented at what he does. Um, and it's re he's recently taken on a hut as well down in Folkestone. And I think it's been really nice to see him because he's he's one of those guys, he's super creative. He does he is an artist, you know, he's he does everything. It, you know, all of his designs, it, he hand draws everything. He's one of those guys that is like you speak to him and I don't think he will mind me saying that he, his mind is like a million miles an hour. He's got all of these ideas and things that he wants to try out and this, that and the other. And it's been really nice to see him go from like doing the market stand and, and having all of these ideas to put, to focus that and to take on the heart and kind of, um, you know, I guess get a bit more structure to what he is capable of. Because every week, you know, we've now been open for like, what, how many weeks? Four, five weeks? Yeah, four weeks. Four, four weeks now. And every weekend, you can just see that he's, you know, the exact same thing that we had in the hut where, okay, this doesn't quite work. Let's tweak it and let's see if we can improve it. He's been doing that again from day one in there. That's been really nice to, to see, really. Um, there's quite a few, in, in all honesty. Um, one of our other friends... Nandy, or I say, I say friend, she's like a friendly acquaintance in that, like, we've known each other for a long time. It's not like we would go out with a drink with her and whatnot, because it's just not like that kind of relationship. Um, she was, she actually done our wedding photography when we got married. Um, she done some band photography when, when I was in the band. But she, again, is an, uh, is an artist and she does like more like digital based artwork. It's very like, uh, she, she would probably like say oh that's not what it is but it's kind of like got this japanesey type feel to it or yeah like that kind of style of cartoons but she again she does it all she's called squishy kitty and she's doing really really well like she's got um she does tiktok and she's absolutely gone viral on it several times her facebook page has got you know she does uh, videos on that and that's gone viral several times 
I think she, you know, in terms of like how much success she's had and how she's presented her brand again is very inspiring. Um, yeah, yeah, those two are, are pretty high up there. Cool. Awesome. Add them to the list. Uh, where can people find you? So um, our website is beachbumsclothing.com and our Instagram page is at beachbums.clothing. Uh, you'll find all of the information about us there and all of the pop-up dates and everything. We try and, you know, get all of that information out on our Instagram page. So, you know, come and see us at a festival somewhere. <laughs> awesome. Excellent. Take it final, away, Pav. Final question. What is the meaning of life? <laughs> What is the meaning of life? Um, Jesus, I don't know. Um, <laughs> to ponder the universe. I, I honestly, I, I have no clue. I honestly don't know. I think just do the best you can and um, try and try and have try and. I I guess if you if you are, if you if you want to talk. Talk about it in a philosophical, a philosophical sense. In that, you know, or how can you get most fulfillment out of life and things like that. That I think the best ever speech about this kind of subject is. Have you ever heard the um, Arnie Arnold Schwarzenegger speech? It's about. Um, about basically, you know, his vision of becoming a, a bodybuilder and everything. Is that the one he does at the um, at the school valedictorian thing? Is it that one? Yeah. And yeah. he talks about, as, I think there's five or six different things he says about basically having in your life. Like, you know, have a goal, have a vision, um, you know, fuck the naysayers, essentially. He, he has like five or six valid points in life. I think that for me is as close to if you if you can if you can um, align your life as close to those values as is possible, because like no one's perfect, no one, no one does everything perfect every single day of their lives and whatnot. But I, every time I hear, I listen to that speech, and I've listened to that speech so many times, ridiculous amounts of times, I always feel like, wow, you know, those, those are, that's some, that's so important to me. Um, but again. Aside from that, I, I don't know what what is you know we just we're we are essentially these evolved beings that have ended up on a giant ball of a planet that's floating through the air at God knows you know the galaxy or the universe at God knows how many miles an hour. I don't I have no idea what is it all about. Yeah, we're just warm sacks I mean, of red liquid on a blue the spinning the ball. Just I got there. The gist I got there is the meaning of life is Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Yes, that's it. Get to the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. See, if I if I said that to my dog, my dog would never get to the chopper because he wouldn't hear me. I'd have to go, get to the chopper. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, okay, Dad, I'm going to the chopper, man. <laughs> Bucken, go and jump on the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Is that actually how you speak to your dog? Yeah, obviously. Mm, fair enough. Obviously. 
So yeah, how does it work though when you're speaking to your dog and you're in the middle of a conversation with somebody you try to call the dog over it's like imagine, <laughs> well, imagine, imagine, imagine having a you, conversation would you carry on the voice no i'll carry on the voice <laughs> no i'll carry on the voice just like just like we did just now well, i just, just switch it on just turn it on uh, i think that would be the do, best do you want to say goodbye in that voice <laughs> <laughs> well thank you guys so much for being on uh, this episode really appreciated you and your time Oh no! I don't. I don't think that's a good way to end it, Darcy. I mean, it's a funny way to end it, but I don't think it's a good way. No, no I don't think it is. Oh, well, thank you guys so much for being on, though. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having yeah. us on. Guys. I hope we haven't um, bored you too much. No, no, no. It's been no, really not good. at all. Really good, really good. And I, now you guys can go off, and uh, Carl, you can put a film on, and, and Chris, you can fall asleep on the sofa. Yes. Turn, turn around right. and stare at the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wicked. All right. Have a good evening, guys. Um, thank you again. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. All the best. Thanks yeah. so much. All the best for everything, yeah. Okay, guys. Bye. Keep in touch. Cheers. Yeah. Take care. Bye, baby.